Welcome to episode 16 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and I'm joined as usual by Kevin and Brian. We are three artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers that each week take some of the endless stream of content brought to us through Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney+, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your content. We take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. Given the nature of these conversations, they're very spoiler-heavy. So if you haven't watched Loki Episode 4, maybe go off and have a look at it and come back to us. This week, we also talk about uh, Gundam Hathaway. We talk about My Hero Academia. We talk about Rick and Morty. A lot of ground covered. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast or giving us a follow over on Instagram. We are at The Endless Cast. If you want to suggest something for us to watch, you can email us at theendlesscast at gmail.com. The Instagram and email are a good way to get involved and see some additional content. All of that being said, let's jump into the conversation. I watched a little anime today, guys. It is it is the intermittent occasion where I say that I am animating an effort to watch cartoons I wouldn't ordinarily watch. Oh, I love that. I hate it. I've, Very good. I used it once before when I tried to watch um, Attack on Titan. I watched. I do not like that. Of, I watched the whole series of that thing, and I was just like, "I don't like it." I watched season one. Started watching season two. I love Sasquatch, but what the fuck is that? I don't know what that means. Didn't watch season two. There's a Bigfoot in it. Is there? It looks like Bigfoot. Do they say that Bigfoot is one of these titans? But this is like an alternate dimension. I watched that. Oh. I watched season one not that long ago, and I have no recollection of it. It's got some very troubling fascist overtones as well. Mm. Not a well, fan. we don't like that. We mm. don't like we that. We don't like that. We no. don't no. like that. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work this out. I understand where the legacy of the production methods and the sense of storytelling comes from, but I do wish a lot of the anime I watch would get on with it. You know, mm-hmm. it just takes forever to get to the thing and that's uh, a taste sometimes thing. that's true sometimes but I, sometimes. I, I guess yeah. i do say the anime i watch so the stuff that i have watched tends to take you're talking about my hero um my hero academia mm-hmm. so we're let's get into that straight away then i guess because i did start with the the anime and the things and we can talk about we usually sort of start with trailers but i watched the first four episodes of that that's just funny i really enjoyed it i was we watched the first four episodes i think that's because that's where Kev had got to when he messaged us, and it sort of set a sort of milestone or a bar in the or line in the sand for me. I, I, lots and lots of fun. I like the I kids. Actually lied. Huh? I, <laughs> I was going to make it up. So, you, how much of have you watched? Well, I watched the intro. Thought that was enough. You're talking about Hathaway. It's anime. You're, you're it's talk- anime. No, I'm talking about fucking my hero. My hero. Okay. So I was supposed to screaming. I got it. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> Should we look for a replacement? I mean, if he's not going to take it seriously, I mean, you know. I mean, I, I'm hearing lots of love for Cree on the internet. The, the assignment was very clear, but. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> this is all I have, guys. Please. Please, I look forward to this at the weekend. Kev, this is your performance review. Okay, how am I doing? Well, you didn't do the assignment. You didn't do the assignment. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get over it. Get, get over it, guys. What else? <laughs> well, you look good on camera. That's a light. But this is a podcast. So, <laughs> and I don't have much of a voice for radio. We all watched My Hero Academia. Um, yes, All Might's fun. 
was he the bad guy? Is he the bad guy? All Might's, All Might's the good guy. What are you on about? Oh, okay. Kev. No, I'm less confused. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great show. Oh, oh, this, what are you doing, Kevin? You said you love this. Yeah, I, I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear his version of this. Kevin, please. Explain. Actually, let, yeah, Kev, you tell us what the show is about. Yeah, <laughs> is All Might not the villain? Tell us the first. Tell us the. Tell us the first four. What episodes. What makes you think he's the villain? Someone told me that. First four episodes. Talk us through what you watched. Lots of screaming, lots of crying, lots of crying. It was pretty devastating. His mum wasn't as as. Uh, reassuring um um he had to he had to ingest some of all might did you not enjoy this on a beach i did enjoy it yeah yeah i actually okay. really enjoyed it some some of it some of the characters are super ugly looking i know that it's some, bonkers yeah some of them are ugly looking but this i one. i admire you know it's, it's kind of one of the things that i think morrison made a point about the x-men was that like when he wrote his run that they're supposed to be mutants and yet for the most part they've been like supermodels with very cool powers yeah i love that i love that Uh, yeah and it's kind of like with this yeah i kind of admire that i do think there's some ideas that should have like stayed in the sketchbook but i do admire the fact that it's like uh what if somebody that there's a character that is introduced i think in the second second season called uh I think they're called like the masked genist and they they just they've got like their costume is full denim and they make things out of denim and it's fucking bonkers <laughs> and they and they just went with it you know it, it, this, this, sorry yeah. they talk they talk about like the the best heroes in the show or something they mention all might they mention and dev or a guy called endeavor mention somebody else and then they mention the max genus and it's a guy with a with his high-waisted jeans up to above his nose with the up to his face the <laughs> it's ridiculous it's in the show they mention him it's ridiculous yeah it's... It, it, it always it's always bizarre in, in shows like this and i do appreciate it it's kind of like i like the way they call it quirks and i do appreciate it. it's like very x-men in a sense which is fine i'm completely like it's x-men doesn't have to be an, ex- like an exclusive idea like people can just be born powers and that's fine you know i'm sure bloody yeah stanley wasn't the first person to ever had come with that premise you know but um it's uh some of the characters it's like you're watching it and it's like some some of the characters just don't fit into that world aesthetically never mind uh like kind of like if they're ridiculous looking it's just like they look like a completely different art style entirely you know yeah and that this one of the things actually is the like i buy most comics anyway for artwork first um and i i think i think manga is consistently better than most most of American comics, anyway. You know, I wouldn't say Western because right, there's a lot it's of, kind of French. Of, French. It's the Fourth of July. Can you have a little bit more respect, please? No, I was going to check out the the manga, but I'm not a huge fan of the artwork. It's kind of not of the same. Usually, I find manga is like consistently. You know, the artwork is always kind of kind of great, and it's not that the artwork is bad. But when I checked it out, it's kind of like you said, Kev. Like there's some of the designs are just they don't even look like that by by the same person i I think kind of all might even kind of represents that you know the he's supposed to be this kind of he's supposed to always appear like he's kind of standing in a dramatic shadow or something and it just yeah he's it doesn't really work you know he's an american he has he has the american style shading versus every other character that doesn't have it Mm. Yeah. yeah and uh that there's one of the there's two kind of films from the series on netflix as well um i'm gonna i'm gonna try and watch all of it to be honest you know 
the one I think there's one called I can't remember the names of them, but there's one isn't great, but it it is good for the opening scene and the end scene. The animation in it is superb, but the great thing about the opening scene is you get to see All Might before he was uh, wounded by um, one Whatever. for all the other character. Um, so he's what, younger. Another character. Uh, yes. But it, yeah, no, you're you're further in than we are, we think, because I thought one for all was the name of his power. There's one for all, but he's you know the you know the wound that yeah, he shows yeah, that yeah, he's yeah. got. Yeah, that's from a starfish, uh, a character. Basically, there's an there's an opposite power to one for all. Uh-huh. So one for all is all these powers kind of combined, and the idea basically the the opposite side of that power is called all for one, and it's this villain who kind of steals other people's quirks. So he's kind of like the opposite to to All Might, and that's that wound that he has, that gnarly looking wound. Mm. It was in his last battle with him, and it it's kind of it's this kind of permanent injury that he has. But um, in one of the films that's on Netflix now as well, it's really cool because um, it shows All Might in his kind of younger years before he had that wound, and it it's really nice to see how they interpreted the character design without that kind of american yes. style shading in it oh. and it's just it's a nice interpretation of it um oh. that film i can't remember there's two of them on the moment um i think there's more than two check the names later i think there's only two my hero films at the moment uh, but there's more there's more than two but there's only two on netflix at the moment yeah that, that, right. was, that was some of the trouble of watching this stuff this week where it was just like like especially with gundam i went gundam and then 15 titles showed up and i'm like which one are we watching yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit of that with um, my hero but the first four episodes are just meeting Deku. Izuku? Deku? This is another thing about the show that I found really hard to follow is the characters have like a superhero name, their name, and then the nicknames that they refer to each other by. And I've watched loads yeah. of anime and I found it tricky to keep track of. His name is... Izuku or something. It, it, it's it, like that. Is Midoriya Izuku is his like full, full name. name yeah. But then... The, his kind of rival calls him Deku mm. um, it's supposed to be an insult but that he ends up kind of using that as his moniker his hero name okay. but then that, the other guy is, it goes there's Kachan which is his nickname for him and there's Bakugo and then he's got another name as well I can't remember it um, Kubu or something is it? yeah I, I found it I found that tricky enough so we, we, we meet this character who is a person without a quirk he has no superpowers he has bones in his toes he has two joints in his pinky, which indicates that he is not one of the new uh, evolution. Pinky. pinky toe. New evolution toe? of... Baby toe. You okay? It's baby toe. Who says pinky toe? Aiden, clearly. Baby toe. What do you say, Brian? I don't know. Toe. All right, you're an adult. Anyways, next question. That's the first clip of the week. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> he is getting bullied because he doesn't have superpowers and everybody in the world has superpowers and he wants to be a hero and he's really sad because he can't be a hero. To and be honest, that scene where his mum does kind of wish that it was different or sorry, she says something to him and it's like, and like he, like he, it was a sad scene and it's like, it is a little bit brutal and they kind of, he remembers it, say once throughout the, one of the episodes and then it just comes up like four or five times and it's just, I like anime but I think like, I don't know. It's just so repetitive. It's like re- sometimes like reading an old comic book from the seventies. It has to constantly reuse exactly what's yeah. going on. 
that was that was my th- like look we're we're picky animation nerds and 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 Brian doesn't seem I'm not to even a nerd. care. But like I, I got I watched the first episode and I went, Oh, this is cool and then the second episode it was like, Oh, that's from the first episode. That's from the first Okay, we're starting to reuse. I don't understand the show's popularity. Um for for me I personally think like there's there's half a good show in there and then the other half is like, What is this? And it does suffer from from that kind of it does suffer from that kind of anime thing where it's just there's a lot of filler. Yeah. It stretches stuff out a lot. <sighs> Tune in next week. I started watching. <laughs> I started watching around the same time as One Punch Man, and I much preferred One Punch Man. One Punch Man it moves awful. along faster. I, it, I, it, I, it moves faster while at the same time doing everything we're giving out about, but doing it like to take the piss out of it. This, you know, yeah. there's a scene in One Punch Man where you literally just watch a bug very slowly crawl. A couple of steps like it's less than a centimeter the bug moves and we're like there's no way that's not a fucking dig at the time wasting that happens in anime but that's part of why i really liked it was it was very um very aware of its own medium you know and not that it was disrespectful of it but it was just it was it was a good commentary of it it was nice to go okay i'm not nuts here you know they're aware that this can be a bit stayed Without powers, he manages to act heroically and help in aiding a superpowered friend, actually saving the bully. And All Might is impressed by this and offers to train him and pass on his superpower to him. As a, I really a, like that monster, slime monster. Sorry, I thought that slime monster looked awesome. Uh, some of the stuff in it's cool. Some of it's really rogue. But that slime monster was a great idea and a cool concept. And he looked great. Sorry. No, cool. No, um, it is cool. Like the the first time I saw All Might deflated, I did laugh. I thought yes. that was quite funny. Um, he's such a drippy. Um, like because the, there was part of me that's like, what is? I mean, the the world is not. Anime is not unique in this. The world kind of has this fixation as well. But like American character as the all powerful idle in the place and it was kind of nice to go oh but also he's completely deflated like there's this sort of bright shiny superficial surface layer to all might that you know is i don't think i don't think he's american though texas smash and detroit smash he he names the moves yeah those things but i don't think he's actually i think he's again inspired by okay american heroes and stuff yeah but no i mean your point still still stands though like because He's still very much an American inspired or emblematic of, you know, kind of American Tropes. heroes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then deep down, he's he's just this. Like, he wouldn't be a. Um, I mean, spoilers? I don't know. I haven't watched that far yet. I, I'm not even I don't know. I, culturally I, aware. You've just put it on people's skin a bunch. Are you. Yeah. Maybe someone was telling you about the powers that, like, the kind of main villain is this he's got this kind of opposite power maybe that's what you're one for all and all for one I see what you did there anyway so what's the verdict on My Hero Academia then right I mean there's some really cool stuff in it I enjoyed it I enjoyed the four episodes it had everything I expect from anime in terms of being bored by repetition but there were big fun characters it's worth sticking with it for it like I said that there's 
there's maybe like 60% of like a really mm. kind of great stuff in there. And then there's a lot of other stuff like that grape juice character. I understand their part. I don't know if you got maybe that far. No. Um, this is a really fucking annoying, creepy, pervy character. And he, it's just kind of a joke character, but they spend so much time with him as well at the same time. Anyway, point being, I think there's 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 elements of a really, really great story and things in there. And it's worth sticking with for those, I think. Um, yeah, I think if you like it enough to watch it as far as you did, it's worth sticking with because... And as it goes on, there's there's some superb animation in in some of the storylines mm-hmm. that come up and it's it's worth it for those alone have you watched that's, that's always have you, you've obviously i've watched i've watched three seasons of it i think what was so. the um the there was a show that used to be on like cnx or maybe even fox kids or something at that point it was like um oh you boys fancy all muscle or something muscle like the wrestling thing did you ever see that? the wrestling one yeah, yeah what's that yeah. called I can't remember. Like, there was a bit of that popping into my head when I watched it, where it was just like, this is taking the piss out of itself enough that I find this very funny. You know, when you want to use my powers, be sure to squeeze your buttocks and in your heart scream the word smash. I think <laughs> it just, I I enjoyed it. Well, I was just saying, I'm definitely going to finish watching it. I think what Brian said, it really kind of hit the nail in the head there. As in, like, there is, there is a good show in it, but there's just a lot of just kind of nonsense and then aspects of it are fairly repetitive but i was going to say um i'll watch it i think it's sometimes when i find when i watch animes i like some of the supporting characters a lot more than the actual main character main characters in animes quite frequently kind of always struggle to acknowledge the possibility that they have some sort of potential and then reach that full potential and it can be just it's just like you know we have another character that's just He's weak compared to all the other main people. He's at a disadvantage because he's probably not didn't have the same background or skills. You know, you know. But here, look, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. There's characters I enjoy. In Invincibles, you had the Taffy Betty guy. Remember the guy with the octopus or the? Oh the, yeah. And like, I can say that's stupid, but I I liked it. You know, the guy with I the. I liked that character button. in the comic. I <laughs> I liked how weird yeah. he looked. But then, like, in, in My Hero Academia, you have the laser belly button guy, and it's just like, yeah, why would you, like, why would you create a character with a lazy laser belly button? Like, and it burns his belly when it goes longer than three minutes or something. I haven't why? got that far. I just saw him in, like, a silk shirt and a belt, but I guess I'm, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. That just, character's hilarious. Just, well, fair, it's fair. Just, it's yeah. early days, but yeah. yeah I mean, it's just, basically Cyclops, right? Yeah. But, but this is That's the thing I was saying about it. Like, that this... That's, that's so kind of what I like is that there's ideas in it where it's just like, yeah, fuck it. That's good enough. That's going in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like, I might appreciate it more if I take that aspect or if I take that um, perspective on it, you know, fair. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep going with this. Uh, Hathaway. This uh, thread. Uh, My Hero Academia is a watch from me. Give it a go. It's lots of fun. Um, I'm introducing a new uh, rating system that we haven't before. Um watch delete rewind uh pass skip it or eat lunch with it there's five like different have, I, should, I feel like you should have discussed this with us before we went on the podcast I, I i'd say watch it it's good fun um not that i need to tell the world to watch my hero academia it seems to be doing fine yeah i'm gonna carry on watching it i'm enjoying it 
I'm assuming you guys are both in a side WhatsApp chat talking about me. Because I'm just looking at no. two, <laughs> two bearded fucks hiding behind a microphone just looking down at their phones. I, I'm just so warm. I'm wearing a hoodie and I just want to... I, I, and I should have worn a t-shirt. Tarps off, boys. <sighs> you you saw that last week. I don't want to see that again. Tarps off, boys. And we're going to have a you, Donnybrook. You take your top, top off first. No, don't, David. Okay. You have a lovely t-shirt. Because <laughs> you knew I would. <laughs> yes. Not to have an issue with that. It beats the drinking and the knife play. So, I just got done watching... <laughs> When you put it like that, um, I, I just got <laughs> done watching Gundam Hathaway. I remember trying to watch. Was it CNX? Was the channel that just played Toonami? I grew up that showed Gundam. Gundam. Was it Toonami that showed Gundam? I think it was yeah. Toonami. Okay, that makes yeah. more sense to me. That was pre CNX. Um, I remember, like when that started, going, "This looks cool. This is giant robots. This is a. I know this is a big thing. I've seen it in comic book shops. I'm kind of aware of it culturally." Even though it's not something that Irish people are aware of, I see pictures of it in pop culture. I recognize that robot. Let's watch this show. And I watched it for a solid week, double episodes on Toonami, and nothing happened. It's cool opening <laughs> credits, and a kid was going to school, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I, I, like, I fell off of that. I knew there was something there, but they didn't have enough episodes to not be just repeating the same ones as well. It's interesting because when I started watching it, assuming that we're talking about the same one, maybe mm. maybe they showed a different one for a while. Uh, I was surprised by how much happened in it week to week. So wow. maybe it was a different one. Maybe, maybe it wasn't I got a bad week. I'm not sure. Maybe I got a bad week. Yeah, maybe. I just yeah. watched. I just was trying to watch it going, I know this is a thing. I know there's something that- here to like. I can see from the opening credits there's some badass shit in this thing somewhere. But I'm getting the wrong episodes of it. Even then, I'm like, this is boring. In the one I watched, there was four pilots. So there was four kind of unique Gundam mobile suits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember every episode, you kind of got to see one at them. least one of them in action. Right. So, yeah. So I don't know if that was the same one, maybe. I don't know. I got a bad week then. Might not have been. Um, so can you... Can you um, can you lay out this bag of snakes and let us see what's going on here? What is the history of Gundam? Because there's yeah. so much about so, Netflix. It's kind I, of hard I have to... no idea. I remember... Kind of... Because we said we were going to watch Gundam. And I immediately put on the one from 1981. And then you said, check out Hathaway. It's slick. And I went, okay, I guess that's the one we're going to talk about. But, yep. like, I'll let you tell me here. Yeah. Um, so, kind of similar to what you were saying. Like, I would have read... There was a, uh, a magazine called manga mania that i would have picked up and there would have been like kind of snippets of manga comics and stuff Mm -hmm. in it but it was also about just like what's coming out it was a very kind of thorough manga anime thing so i would have seen a lot of gundam stuff before i'd ever you know watched an episode or knew what it was about because i think one of the first times i'd heard of it they had commissioned a bunch of artists to do their interpretations of a gundam Mm -hmm. and i was like what the fuck is a gundam like why there's all these crazy different versions of it was for some promotional event and i was reading this article and i still had no idea like what the fuck is a gundam so it's been around since the late 70s mm-hmm. a huge part of it is the uh plastic kits that's that's one of the main kind of streams of revenue from the thing is mm-hmm. i'm sure you've seen those i the, i watched a tiktok 
I swear to God, some people make a minute feel like an hour, but it was just like, here's how I make my <laughs> Gundam pieces look mirror sheen shiny. And I watched him talk about, put it in a sonic bath, sanded, clear coated, re-sanded, spray paint, air foam, leveling mix. And uh, like, the, there were 15 fucking steps and in my head the whole time I was just like, just have a wank and go to sleep. Uh, so it's a space opera essentially part of the appeal of it is that it it does have kind of some it's not quite like a hard science fiction but there's elements of it or Mm -hmm. like the I think you might have remembered there's there's a line in Hathaway where they say something like it's got a Minovsky flight system and apparently that's a real physics based thing mm-hmm. or they, they, they've they based the flight system on something like that but essentially it's it's um it's a space opera it's kind of a military thing it's kind of a bit grounded but then it also has these these uh, big massive mobile suits essentially it's about um kind of humanity has traveled and kind of you know made colonies around space and it's about a war then between humans, between like the humans kind of still on Earth and just kind of these rebellions that happen in colonies and stuff like that. But the the franchise has been has been around since, like I said, the late seventies. So there's a lot of the there's a lot of installments in it are set in different times in like this kind of established timeline. There's there's kind of parts that are kind of the origin stuff, and then there's a rebellion. Hathaway is set shortly kind of after this rebellion that happened, but then there's there's a kind of a timeline which is a couple of years later or maybe hundreds of years later, which is like after kind of colonies and stuff like that. But essentially it's always about it's conflict between humans, either colonial civil war. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And then there's always this there's these kind of, you know, typical mecha suits uh, of armor. There's this kind of mass produced ones, and then there's always a a Gundam, which is usually kind of more of a a newer or a prototype thing and it's it's much more limited production okay can you so the, can you explain yeah. that to me then right because i um what what is the weight around the word gundam because they they said it a couple of times in half the way they only said the word a couple of times they definitely looked about mobile suits but then a couple of times they went oh gundam and i was like okay what's what's differentiating these two things it's it it depends on the the version or the timeline you're kind of reading, but it has to do with, like I said, it, it, the Gundam is usually um, it's something that's limited production. So for whatever reason, it's it's a kind of a it could be the the engineer or the scientist who designed it, you know, has only kind of worked in kind of limited capacity or for whatever reason. So that always kind of becomes a it'd be like kind of in the same way where there was like an arms race and you know people were kind of fighting for like particular scientists or physicists were kind of, you know, working between the US or the Soviet Union. Um, kind of in that same way that the people who can design Gundams based on, could be the armor type or could be the type of gun it has, um, kind of like laser weapon and stuff like that mm-hmm. is just harder to produce effectively. For some reason, it's either a prototype thing or that it's it's just what it's made from it could be the armor it could be the flight system or it could be the type of weapons it has just aren't as easily mass produced basically so in um in vape terms we're talking about a bespoke mod yeah 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 that that yeah that'd be right okay. yeah <laughs> it, that's exactly that's it that's kind of it isn't it yeah um <laughs> 
So it's the outlier machine is the Gundam, or you know, they're specific. Yeah, and just... I, I, I think, I think where the where it originally came from. Again, this is kind of like I said, you know, wordplay is a kind of a, a a prominent thing in a, in a lot of manga and anime. But I think originally the word, the idea was, it was a combination of the word gun and freedom. Okay. Because it was about these freedom fighters that would, you know. The idea being that if they had a weapon powerful enough or a gun powerful enough, they'd be able to kind of stand against these oppressive forces. So they were freedom fighters with this. The The suit itself wasn't necessarily always the unique element. It was the, the gun or the weapon that the, the suit had. So it was this kind of a portmanteau of... The last line of defense. Gun and... Freedom. Freedom. Because they're freedom fighters. And then they changed it to gun dam. The idea being that... Uh, like a dam... Uh, being uh, a barrier to Balance. yeah exactly yeah yeah oh. so so that's where that word actually comes from is that so the idea being then that if, if somebody had a Gundam one Gundam is enough to kind of protect your colony protect the colony or, or change the kind of flow of the river or, or the battle yeah you know? yeah yeah so that's kind of where the word comes from so that's very often every time you watch it that's essentially the main thrust of the action is that if they have this weapon, it's enough to kind of stand against it. But then very often both sides have a Gundam and it comes down to that kind of classic dogfight manga anime thing. Yeah. 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 Then let's talk about specifically Gundam Hathaway. It's beautiful. It's stunning. It is stunning. Yeah, it, it, it's unbelievable. Like Kev was talking about sort of anime protagonists and, you know, the the way I guess some of the language you were using was alluding to a guess a degree of like over melodramaticness well melodramatic covers the over bit introspection a lot of self-doubt Doubt, this yeah. this character has all of that oh, it sounds so much better when you say it Noah Hathaway has all of that but it's played beautifully it it's performed really nicely it's a lovely balance he is a character that acts deals with his self-doubt isn't Screaming for any fucking reason. I know it's a different tone piece altogether, but, you know, he has everything that you would expect of an anime protagonist, but it's played really, really nicely. The animation is... It, it's fucking gorgeous. I Like, there's an opening sequence, which is a hijacking of a, a passenger ship from the moon to Earth, and it's, like, heavily 2001 Space Odyssey-influenced whether or not 2001 is influenced by whatever else but like in terms of that passenger ship of like locking down drinks and pens and like you, you see a lot of I see a little a lot of nods to it um, but when it kicks off when the action goes I just I, I want to go back and watch it frame by frame it's lovely I actually I watched it and then watched it like I, you know I did go back and rewatch it because um, it was just so cool looking it was awesome looking it was brilliant and I only watched up until the opening credits and I then I realised, oh my god, this is a movie, not a TV show. That happens to me quite a lot. But uh it's great looking though. Well I I think we we've we've um there's an element of that confusion as well with the whole Gundam franchise for me, because we see that in things like um Neon Genesis as well, like that was a series, but then they just went there's so many versions of the same compile that. So many is that the same no it's is that the no. same show? No, but no, but no, no. but it's a, it was a series, <laughs> no. and then they went, "Here's a lot of no, episodes. No Let's on. compress this into a movie." 
and so there is those are on Netflix and then they well. re-edited them and yeah then they remade them Evang- yeah so I have no idea where to start with Neon Genesis like just start with that. the TV show do you so at the episodic show yeah yeah but the movies are supposed to be the C- series compressed to what's relevant they're they I can't remember the order of this they they were always kind of behind schedule or under budget or something so they took a really experimental approach with the end of it and it's I wouldn't even like I've seen a lot of people justify it I wouldn't recommend it to me it was just kind of very pretentious um, very, very experiment told me about that before it, like it's worth looking at to, see, to see what it. they did yeah. but not not in terms of following the story or anything because to me it was just a complete cop out right. um, t- talking about that kind of it's a Game of Thrones horse <laughs> talking about the, the stuff you were kind of referencing earlier there's also like a very famous scene in an episode where uh, there's like two characters in an elevator and they just stand in the elevator and they say nothing to each other and people are like oh it's so good and it's like it's not it's just it's just I got 20 minutes to fill <laughs> yeah basically you know but um, yeah so th- there's they then watch the series, kind of see if you like it. Um, the end of it then, they, like I said, there's the end of it, there's this very experimental approach and then they kind of wrapped it up properly and then you can kind of watch a version that kind of condenses a lot of it. But I would still just kind of watch the, the TV show. It's pretty short. Um, it does kind of have, you know, wh- whether you find it to be a lot of filler or not will depend on whether you're into the tone of the show. Um, it's very much an exploration of the creator's own like depression, essentially. So a lot of the kind of the tone of it, as much as you can say that it's them just kind of filling time, it is also kind of about establishing them tone. A, a, a mood and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, it's not the same as Gundam. No, no. But <laughs> I, I only mentioned it to to bring the idea of like these shows are. There's so much material that has been reinterpreted and re-edited and redistributed. Like, even just down to the concept of, like, at a certain point when they were trying to get Japanese animation as something viable in the United States, they would just cut and re-edit the audio of things and send them over. Not saying that they did it with Neon Genesis, not saying they did it with Gundam, just mentioning it as a thing that just definitely happened. Like, um, uh, Gundam Hathaway, it's... My only problem is I, I did get to the end of it and go, okay, so they just, they know there's more of these coming and they're they, just setting up. It's based, it's based on three novels. I think that came out in the early to mid eighties. Mm. So they're deciding to adapt those. So it's very much, it ends very abruptly. It, it ends uh, very abruptly yeah. and it, it's, it's very much part one of a, a three part movie. It, almost, it, you know? All like that whole film, as much as I was enjoying it and going, oh, this is lovely. This is lovely. I did reach a point where. I went, oh, this is just, here's three characters meeting each other and Hathaway getting to his base. Like, this should have been the opening sequence. You know? Yeah. They could, it, they could have got through this much faster. It's, um, yeah, it's more like a miniseries than a movie. Okay. Which I, I, I don't mind if the three parts kind of came out closer together, mm. but the probably time between them, it's it, it's not a feature-length movie. I mean, it, it might be as long as one, but it's it's I think it's designed to be digested as a mini series and not necessarily right but at the same time i i still i love that something like it exists like it just it's so it's so pretty the battle 
I could just watch it forever. The battle outside the hotel when the Gundams are fighting and he's running around the streets. It's so impressive. Yeah. And I, I think in the past as well, just kind of it being a product of like being like the one, I think we probably saw the same one. Maybe, maybe you just didn't catch any good episodes, yeah. but there's, there was always like a space battle in it. And very often it's this, it's in space. And like I said, it's, it's usually one thing versus a hundred like identical looking things. Lots of explosions. And it's just lots of explosions in space. It was cool to see it on earth and see the devastation caused by these two yep. things kind of fighting. Yeah. From, yeah. from the ground level. Um, there's a lovely moment in it where he's like, uh, where he's, I mean, because I know Kevin, I don't know if you intend to go back and watch it. I don't necessarily think this is spoiled, but there's a moment where he's running, he's running and he's running with a whole bunch of people and he just looks ahead of him and he sees somebody and he's like, I don't know what this is. At least at that point in the film, I didn't know if that person was friend or foe or where, where it was going, but he goes, that doesn't look right. And his decision change and goes the other way into, you know, into danger, seemingly. I don't know. It was a lovely moment, re- like, of reading it. Because as much as he's capable and they established that from the very beginning, and I don't know if I should know this from previous films or something, you don't know what his skill set really is. He does seem kind of unassuming for the most part of it. And it's, like, it's a little bit like seeing sort of, you know, Matt Damon in Jason Bourne before you see what Jason Bourne can do. You know, it's just like... He's just the skinny dude, and then shit happens, and you're like, oh, holy crap, capable. Um, I was very impressed with it. I just did get to the end of it and went, well, what the fuck was the point of any of this? It's very abrupt. It's so abrupt. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Netflix anime film. Uh, they've acquired the rights for it, I believe. Yeah. I think it was in production before they came on board, but Netflix have decided they want to be in the the Gundam business they're making a live action I think Brian K. Vaughan is actually writing the scripts for the their live action version so it's interesting Brian Brian K. Vaughan sounds like some fancy version of us <laughs> it does that's why I'm here Brian and K. Vaughan here K. Vaughan McNamara there is a Gundam and coffee shop in Dublin on Cable Street and it's just Gundam and coffee really Yep. I've never seen that. Check check th- out their Instagram. I think I went to a Gundam and coffee shop in Japan, in Tokyo. They definitely have more than one in Japan, but I'd say. I But I, I think I like specifically went, hey, this is a thing. Let's go to this. And I went to it and I was like, yeah, this is a giant robot. I don't know what this is, but it's a, it's a thing. Like I don't know nerds. if you guys know who Pablo Uchida is, but they're a phenomenal Japanese artist and... They did the character designs for Hathaway. Okay. So um, they usually do posters and things like that. Uh, they're, they're almost, I don't want to say this exactly, but it's kind of a shorthand maybe for people who aren't familiar, they might kind of get it. But uh, they're almost like a Japanese Drew. Um, Drew Struzan. Struzan. Okay. Yeah. Struzan or Struzan? I've always hit that A at the end of it. I'm not sure. I've never said it out loud. Oh. That's the thing, yeah. I don't think I've ever said it. For anyone that doesn't um, know, the Back to the Future, the Indiana Jones posters, the Harry Potter posters, um, Masters of the Universe poster, um, Adventures in Babysitting, the Goonies. What else can we think of? Uh, the Hellboy poster, Del Toro commissioned. He just, the artist of the last 40 Blade years. Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner yeah, as well. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, uh, Pablo Uchida, I kind of primarily knew them from their kind of poster type work, but check them out. They're amazing. They did, they did the character designs for Hathaway and they're just gorgeous. I don't know if it, uh, coffee and coffee and Gundam is closed. Actually, it's closed. Sh- like it's closed down. It's gone. Okay. Yeah. Another casualty of COVID. So I guess that's our that's our what's our what's our verdict on Gundam Hathaway? Then mine is watch, but don't invest too heavily because you know there's yeah. there's not much to take away from it other than it's stunning. Yeah. Okay, I think we're on the same page. Yeah, I think we're on the same like, page. I, yeah. I, I hold out hope then that once there's another two chapters to this thing, it'll be uh, satisfying. I, I think to it watch, will, but I, I think it will because, like I said, the books have been around quite a while, mm. so they they've got quite a clear roadmap for the beats that they want to kind of happen in the story. Um, th- th- this was very much like a a pilot almost for a series, in that there's some main players that they introduce. But like, they can't they, they the, can't maintain that standard for a series. Exactly, they but that's what I mean in terms of the Invincible could. I mean no. undeniably Invincible is hitting on all the same cylinders as Gundam Hathaway. <clears throat> um it's its animation <clears throat> is top notch you know and can't be questioned. Funnily enough, there there is the interrogation scene is like a noticeable dip in the quality, I thought. Did you? Yeah. Can yeah. pick up on the, that? The, yeah. the last... It reminded me of Invincible. It's it, There's the shadows and stuff in it. I was just like, oh, God. It's like... Yeah, he hits the ground and he's just moving rushed. away too much. And I'm like, yeah, Stop. it's um, Yeah, it looked like Invincible. Because I was looking for some of the stuff we've talked about where you said that, like, done right, the, the Japanese animation style is very... Uh, uh, economical it's, it's better at doing those complex with designs when it moves yeah, yeah. and that's the thing like yeah. I was looking at this going this is moving when it has to but there's also you, clearly you, so much money here that they can move when they want to yes as well that's the other thing of it, it like that's part of why it's so stunning is that it's moving very judiciously to emphasize the moments of the scene so it looks amazing but they it, also it don't be hesitate the best. to move yeah, it wouldn't be the fairest comparison because it's it's got like a feature budget. But I think, you know, you look at something like Cowboy Bebop mm. where you've got these beautiful designs and you can just hold on the character for as long as you need to because the design is complex enough that you just draw it well and you're holding it. Mm. And I think that's the mistake something like Invincible makes where it's got these great complex designs, but it obviously doesn't have the time mm. to to... It's overreaching, you know, and it's... Yeah, I, I do feel bad because I'm always like heavily critical on, on that kind of stuff. I will say, um, take a moment, go back and watch the last shot of Hathaway when he walks out of the onto the deck of the ship and walks away. Yeah, There's clearly a lot of reference in rotoscope going on. Yeah, That yeah. is ropey. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I know I'm pi- like, that's just picking at like a loose thread at the ver- end of a very gorgeous it, tapestry. It's ropey compared to the moment. rest of yeah. it. Yeah. Like yeah. that that one, oddly enough, does look like somebody traced over a, a person and then drew Hathaway's face on the sort of skin shape. It looks it, exactly it, like that. It, yeah, it's, it looks it's really it, odd. It looks like they drew the character's head bottle on, on something they rotoscoped. It does. Okay. Uh, check out Gundam Hathaway. It's on Netflix. So is My Hero Academia. They've added a lot of uh, anime stuff in the last couple of weeks. And um, 
I'm going to keep going with Gundam. I like I want to look at the Gundam 1981 stuff. I started watching it before I put your or They're saw your very message. old. They're very old and that's kind of old. what why I wanted to watch them it's, first. <laughs> yeah. Cuz even like we've got sweeping shots across space stations and I'm like flashing back to Steve Woods in year 1 of animation going should have should have done this camera move on twos because you're just doing a live camera across a drawing and it looks like it and it's like that looks a bit weird whereas if you do the like two frame by frame incremental measure it feels like a camera move as opposed to just moving your camera over an image yeah there's a little deep cut uh, animation knowledge for you uh, shout out to Steve Woods an avid listener who uh, is always plugging the show in the college you know? yeah. <laughs> Steve Woods big fan is that true no no no, didn't think so. So you watch Tresse? Tresse. I think Tresse. Tresse. Uh, Tresse. I, I, I don't know. Tresse. Tresse, uh, actually. Uh, no, I think it's Tresse. It's uh, rude. Yeah, watched it. You know, like with a lot of stuff, it's... it's Things don't usually have my full attention. So I kind of need to give it another watch. I've watched... Okay. Uh, first, tell us what it is and where it is. Uh, it's set in Manila. And it's about sort of a John Constantine type character. There, there's essentially a pact between the kind of supernatural world and the the human world in Manila. And I think a lot of the the kind of things she goes up against are from kind of Filipino folklore and stuff like that. So and, um, this is a an animated feature on Netflix. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a show. It's a yeah. it's a show. Okay, it's a show. Six episodes. Yeah. T R E double S E Tracy. One, one S, I think. T-R-E-S-E. Tracy. Okay, so it's kind of like supernatural detective Supernatural, thing? supernatural detective, kind of, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and um, I I kind of liked it more than I expected. Um, I won't go into the kind of the animation critique because we know where I stand <laughs> on that kind of stuff. Mm. But um, You stand on a high horse. I'm on a high horse about it, and I, I don't mean to be, but it's just... I, I, again, it's not the artists and stuff like that. I would just prefer that if they're making this stuff, that they would just do. I, I think too often places treat it like an easy win for like creating content. It's like you know we can, we can. They, they obviously you know they they they've got tight schedules and not spending enough money and stuff. And animation is fucking hard. Mm. Um, and I would just love if they were making this stuff to actually make. It's why I like Hathaway is that it's just it's just such a nice production. It's why I like the Studio Mir stuff. They're overworked, but you know it always it always looks great despite the fact that they're probably overworked and underpaid. So I won't I won't kind of discuss the kind of aesthetic side of it too much, but um, I will say it probably does it better than other stuff in that it's it doesn't overreach, I guess. So it kind of looks looks consi- more consistent um and then the story was the tone of the story was kind of more serious than i was expecting okay so i kind of liked that it wasn't there was another show that came out a year ago maybe that i tried to get into and i couldn't i think it was sesh manos have you seen that that's uh that's a um powerhouse production the sort of mexican I'm not sure yeah. Luchador, Kung Fu. Yeah, I tried to get into that and I couldn't. And it that's just more to do with... Because they did Blood of Zeus as well and Castlevania. 
Yeah, and it's it is it was more the and it was the more universe. the story. Yeah, I think it was more the storyline in that that I couldn't get into, but also partially the the kind of the same problem with the the artwork and stuff. They might even be behind Trace. I'm not sure because there is similarities. But um, yeah, the it's just kind of about this. I think I'd know if it was them because I just I am um, okay. I do follow their stuff and I like I like their stuff a lot. I like what they're doing. Um, I would like to go to Texas and please work there, please. Um, I, 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 I want to go and complain about the heat. And, you know, the, the you know, I want to be in those conversations where we talk about the um, failing infrastructure and the increasingly hard winters and the uh, bad water supply system that leaves people without. Actually, do you know what? Maybe Texas isn't a good idea. It um, seems to be falling apart. Probably, probably not a great idea. No. Yeah, no, I just looked it up. Uh, I think it's Base Entertainment is the production company. But yeah, it's, um, I kind of liked the, I just like the idea, for one. It's nice to see a different location. Um, I'm always really into folklore from different parts of the world and things like that. So it's, it's nice to see a show that it's bringing us is kind of a, mo- yeah, a modern day setting, but like how would it interact with the, with you know the folklore so it's, it's very hellboy very kind of hellblazer so again i didn't it didn't have my full attention i did watch all six episodes but it was kind of you know it was yeah i wasn't fully tuned into it um, most of the stuff we discuss i kind of watch two or three times anyway you know so i've only watched it the once but um it was better than i expected if you like either hellblazer or hellboy or yeah, sounds awesome or even stuff like Buffy or something, you know, because it's it's kind of a, a female demon hunter type thing. Um, it's worth a look. Yeah, it's only six episodes. Yeah, sounds it's interesting. Sounds awesome. It's I think um, it's not like a movie or something on it as well. It's the same thing. I don't think so. Maybe I, I don't think so. So I think that's the extent of our anime corner. Long may it continue. Um, <laughs> No, thank God we don't do this every week. My word. Oh. Um, wow. There's so much wow. of it. Wow. It's, it's endless almost. <laughs> um, Pardon? It's, a, it's, endless. A, it's part of an endless stream. It is. Drink. Endless oh, stream. God. Uh, drink. It is, please don't actually drink. No. <clears throat> Good man. Uh, uh, uh. Did you watch Rick and Morty? Yes. Nay. Did you enjoy it? Yes. This week's episode sees uh, Rick and the family dealing with the rise of sentient decoy families. So Rick created a decoy family to protect himself from uh, anybody that may or may not want to hurt his family. But that decoy family made decoy families and those decoy families made decoy families and it's Rick realizing that he's managed to sort of photocopy his family unit 10,000 times and nobody knows who the real Rick Morty or indeed the the family is so it's a it's a great it's a great excuse for them to just blow shit out of each other in increasingly weird combinations the the only reason I'm bringing it up here specifically we have been talking about the new season of Rick and Morty but um 
there just hits a point in it where they said, we're entering into a Highlander situation here, guys. There can only be one. And then he stops and the family yeah, stares at him. Good. And he goes, Highlander? Nobody? 1986? Sean Connery plays the Spaniard but does nothing about his act. So it's good to see that the Rick and Morty writer's staff are brilliant. listening to the end of the stream before they write their episodes. Yes. Um, <laughs> get a, a proper analysis of the movie from 1986. And then it ends with some nice... Uh, Did they watch Highlander. Night Moves, though? I mean, I think the Night Moves episode is coming up where they're going to play sort up. of okay, you know, a, a degree good. of galactic chess with a... Chess, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, if, I if we see them play chess... This Rick and Morty episode, actually. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a writer's development program. I can't remember who it's associated with now that I think about it. It might be Nickelodeon. There's a writer's development program, and I was looking at it, and they, they want sample scripts from people, and they put up a list of shows that they want like we want a spec script from you in one of these styles uh one of which is rick and morty and i think uh, a, a lambert centered night moves focused rick and morty episode wouldn't be a bad shout if you had to write a spec rick and morty all right let's do it i mean okay do it let's us do it i mean oh uh, yeah okay let's i uh, fuck it i've got nothing but time i have no time I'm going to go from recording this to editing this to drawing an image to creating Instagram posts to creating audio clips in the next I tried hours. to draw for I tried to draw based on the stuff I watched and I just couldn't really yeah I'm going to have to draw a Gigi I think you have to I think you should I gotta draw a Gigi I think I need that image by the end of the day or I'll early try. tomorrow morning I'll at try. the latest so that I can okay. fold it into the mix you're on a deadline now. You've got a commission. I'm on a deadline. i got to do it. Yeah. Put a, put a post-it it. note on the wall. I don't know if it was the circumstances in which I was watching the episode of Rick and Morty. Um, but uh, we've switched to your webcam on your laptop. Should have switched back now. We have, yeah. Yeah, it's and weird. a lot of post-it notes on your wall? Yes, I have a lot of... Um, well, I have whiteboard paper, which I highly recommend. And yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to just. Anytime I'm doing Plan. stuff, I just get up and. An agile project draw. management system. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. A sorry, sorry. Into the <laughs> life of Brian, the life of Bry. It was a good episode. It was a bit disposable. To me, because. Like spoilers for episode two, of Rick and Morty. Like you do get to the end of it, and you see Rick and Morty and the family in the spaceship coming back from the last episode of season four. They do a reset, kind of, yeah. Yeah, you see them in a ship going, that was a great space adventure. We even met Space Beth. And it's like, okay, so that's the end of season four. So last week's episode with Mr. Nimbus, that was a decoy family as well. So it, it's kind of Presumably, like... Presumably, yeah. It was a little bit of like, I'm losing track of who anyone is. Now, if if Rick and Morty's pretty good about that sort of thing, so I'm hope like introducing something you think is throwaway but then kind of like it is layered into the 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 narrative of the universe they're building it's um, also so kind I of a mistake coming back to mm. watch it's also i think though a mistake to watch it and expecting it to pay off because yeah i i, I think they're trying to avoid the whole thing with evil morty as well i think it was probably yeah. in there as a just a a thing like this is possible in the mm. in the context of the show that there yeah. could be an evil Morty, but now fans, a lot of fans, not not all fans, but watching it to kind of see, they want to see how that plays out. Yeah, 
Yeah. People are oh, people that's gonna want end. to put a like a long term like he's got a plan from day one. It's like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. And they've <laughs> even addressed it in the, the story train episode where they they're facing off against the army of me seeks and Ricks and there's evil Morty and they even address the fact that like this is what people want to see. This is like the the ultimate end, and it's just like they have no intention of of really doing that, you know. I missed that story train episode last year. I only watched it there on Tuesday. Oh, really? I was yeah. Scrolling back through it, and I went, "What the fuck is this one?" And I I had not seen it. It's good. It was a, it was a fun episode. It just felt a bit disposable. Uh, the, the stuff with Jerry at the end was really really fucking funny, like the post credit scene. Um. I think um, Alison Brie is in the next episode as a kind of a Captain Planet. Planetina. Pastiche. Yeah. I think it's Alison Brie. It sounds like her. She's got a pretty recognizable voice, so I'm assuming mm. it's her. But the woman from the... The, uh, the woman from the community. Uh, Annie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's her, right? Annie. There's, there's two other women. Yes, but I, if, if I'm to say, is she from the community... Then it's like yes, I don't have to specify which one she is because obviously I know the. Which I know, one but she is. for the listeners, I was saying it's Annie. One of our listeners texted me this week. I and and I keep looking at the analytics and going, there is somebody in Belgium listening every week. Shout out to Belgium. Shout out to Belgium. Love your waffles. Shout Sorry about the match. Sorry about the football match with Italy. I only know they played because of TikTok. Mm. I I also saw you that know couple so the same TikTok. <laughs> what's this there's a, a couple on tiktok and she just keeps winding up her italian boyfriend but they know somebody else on tiktok who's like supporting belgium so they had a little back and forth hey shout out to tiktok guys um shout out to tiktok gonna cut all of this no this is great this is good banter this, it's good banter shout out to belgium Doom point. no more than that Do's, do's. I've been, I've been to Belgium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brussels. Me too. Went to the Tintin Museum. Went. I went multiple times. Uh, I've worked there. Um. Yeah. I worked. I worked. I worked in Belgium multiple times over the years. So good. Good. I went to the there. European Parliament on a school trip. I went to a bar that had uh, coffins for tables. And that was a little spooky. I'm not gonna lie. What was the name of that bar? The Coffin Bar. It wasn't. I can't remember. Yeah, that that yeah, that felt like you. That felt a little loose. They played Papa Roach, giving you a reason to drink. Kev and I both watched the Tomorrow War. I don't think you would have, Brian. Just I based on didn't know. Knowing you. Um, not that not that you were required to. I just don't think it would be something you'd watch. Yeah. I mean, if we, Willingly. I mean, if we wanted all of us, I'll watch anything if yeah. if you know we're all going to discuss if it. We're all talking, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tomorrow War. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? No. no. Okay. Tell me why. So the Tomorrow War is a new release on Amazon Prime, starring Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons. I saw Mike Mitchell from the Doughboys podcast in there as well. That was kind of fun. Betty Gilpin from Glow. I'm trying to remember who else was in it. She's great. She's in a really good movie where um, I can't think of the, the name of it. Haunt, but, the Haunted. Um, uh, pardon? 
the hunt or the hunted or hunt yeah yeah i loved that she was brilliant in it she was she could like you know she was awesome she could kick ass she was if you haven't seen it it's very 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 good i liked it but then you know whatever did you enjoy the tomorrow war you didn't by the sounds of it you know i kind of i hate saying it it's like but i hate saying how i wanted to enjoy it i think i did want to enjoy it but my god oh oh right i actually enjoyed it to a point mm. um and when you first actually see the aliens and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. Uh, and I enjoy, I, I kind of enjoyed it up until that point, you know. And I thought the aliens looked awesome. That is something I wanted to come to because about four episodes ago when we saw the trailer for this, I said that the aliens in the trailer for the Tomorrow War looked like they have the Edge of Tomorrow problem where it is an amorphous blob of tentacles and we're not going to actually feel any sort of, have any sort of understanding of the enemy. I take it back. They looked awesome. They looked great. They were scary as fuck. Yeah. They were yeah. they were so cool. I think I think to be honest, like I think I think I liked a lot. Like I did like some of it. It's just it really lacked in parts. And, and I just his face just kept on changing. It was just like it was kind of a case of like uh, I couldn't tell if it was like Chris Pratt sometimes or whoever you know. As in like he his face changed has changed so much. So the the concept of the Tomorrow War is it's twenty twenty two and a time portal opens in the middle of a large football game and a military group come out and say we're from the future we're fighting a war against an alien species that we can't win we need backup we need more troops you're going to be fighting for your future we need volunteers um come and help us and the world seems to get on board with that very quickly and institutes a global draft that is pulling people out of their communities kind of against their will with the threat of imprisonment for them, their families, or somebody else. The world gets very fucking totalitarian very damn quickly and starts booting people into the future for seven days worth of fighting and then they come back. Whoever's left alive just teleports back to the starting point um, with whatever state they're in, missing limbs or otherwise. It's kind of grim. Where did it lose you, Kev? You you said you were enjoying that sequence, that first. Uh, where did it lose me? Because now, to be honest, uh, I was I was watching it pretty late. I had to stay up late, and I was watching it pretty late. And um, where did it lose me? I think, I think it might have been kind of like when they got out of the first week and were going back in or something, and he was like collect making his own team or something. Oh, so it's, that's right at the end, is it? When he's going to Russia with his father? Yeah, man. Like I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but it's just like there was like there was there was aspects of it, aspects of it. I think I really liked, and like there was parts of me that kind of wanted, was hoping for more. You know that mm. kind of way. Even though I had zero expectations going in, um, and oh, actually, I did like the the his daughter uh, being in it and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, got a little maybe, interstellar maybe I, vibe. Got a little edge of tomorrow, yeah. a little tenet, little battle know, Los Angeles. Yeah. I I think there's I, yeah I think what the best way to say it is like there's like it's hard to put my thumb on it exactly. I liked elements, and I thought some of it was really fun, and I thought the monsters were awesome, but I think it was just maybe really lackluster. Like I thought I don't know there was some parts of it just really just kind of kind of was just like ugh. Mm. And I I've seen 
a bunch of negative reviews to this, and I saw somebody going, you know, it, it, it's an awful mess of a film. I really enjoyed it. Um, That's fine though, yeah. I I see what people are saying. Setting up that he's a research scientist that can't get work, former military research scientist that can't get work. Um, that's not an impossible position for a human being to be, but it's a little bit of like, um, it's a little bit of um, uh, writer's room gymnastics to do to get him to that position. Um, once they got into the battle, I thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed that. There's some dumb shit in there where it's like, don't try and save them. You were kind of told from the beginning, you're just getting people killed doing it. Um, I... The, the third act stuff, the the final battle stuff, it's just a little like uneven in its in its mm. in in its rhythm. Like after that big catastrophic battle that happens in the middle before he comes back mm. to the present, there's just a bit too much time then going. Like I have I have a solution that will prevent this alien invasion war, and he can't get anyone to listen to him. And I'm like the whole world turned on its fucking head to fight this aliens because somebody came through the time portal and said here's what's happening you've come through a time portal and said i have a solution that will save it based on what we've just spent the last two years doing and nobody wants to do it you have to get a ragtag team of people together yourself to do this it was it was a kind of a weird moment once they got into the then the action of that afterwards i was like yeah this is fun i'm enjoying the location um you know i'll take anything that gives me some jk simmons but yeah, there's just some stupid shit in it. But I overall, like, if I had gone to the cinema to see this, I'd have come out happy. <laughs> I'm a, I'm I'm easily pleased as an audience member. Um, which is going to bring me to the next thing I watched, which I know nobody watched but me. I watched Hobbs and Shaw on Netflix, and I had a great time. The Rock, Jason Statham, Idris Elba, little Kevin Hart cameo in there in the middle. You know, where he just shows up and he's just like, can I join the team? They're like, no, we don't like you. You're small. Did they say that he can't join because he's small? A little bit, yeah. Like, look, short people just aren't as useful. Big mistake. Wolverine's small. Okay. Um, I think there's something to the idea that while this is a movie in the Fast and the Furious universe, I don't think Vin Diesel got as involved with this. Yeah, of course, yeah. Sure, is it him and The Rock who have beef in real life or something, is it? I mean, a lot, much is made of the beef between Vin Diesel and The Rock, but I, you don't know how much that is. You're talking about two people that are used to running their their own franchises, and maybe it's just make the most sense to put The Rock... You know, Universal making these movies was just like, look, we've got two huge action stars here that want to make their own version of these movies. Let's just put another one over here and leave them alone, like, get them away from Vin. Um... I have I have a little 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 tiny 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 soft spot for Vin Diesel, but it's very very minute. Like mm. it goes against my better judgment. You know that kind of way, and I don't really like his movies and stuff. I think I just liked some of his movies at the age I was watching them and Pitch they were Black fun movies. Pitch Black Chronicles of Riddick. You like Pitch yeah, Black? Love him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even particularly like Chronicles of Riddick or Riddick. Pitch Black. And I love hit me. And I right. love the the video game was brilliant. That was a good game. Escape from Butcher Bay or isn't that it? The, Something like that, yeah. Made by Tigertron or one of those his his production company. Yeah. But um but I just I just I kind of like there's like it's like yeah, I kind of 
as a satisfy for him, but he's a goober. <laughs> um, like, and that, this is a good way for this conversation to go because there's not much to talk about Hobbs and Shaw other than you know it's just fun explosions and like I, I always go back to this is a franchise built around the th- the thievery of DVD players and now we have a cybernetic former assassin Idris Elba with a transforming motorcycle fighting a Samoan army on the back of a truck. I I I've got a problem with just the sort of I'm baffled by like the acceptance of these as being like fun dumb movies because this I it just feels like to me like that there's been some sort of fucking I don't know is it marketing or is it like a fucking psyop or something but the fact that there's so many things come out and it's just like this is bad it's you know it's weak it's it's by the numbers, it's shit or whatever, but these get a pass for some reason. And they're really not, for me, they're not what people... I, 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 rem- I remember the marketing push around Fast Five yeah, or Fast Five. Furious Five, whatever that one was called. I won free tickets for it. Um, there was a pre-screening event in... Is it Tons yeah, Road Cafe? We, we, we've covered this place? on episode yeah. seven, I think, but keep going. Yeah, there, there was... It's just weird that there was this huge push for that. And like, you know, I still insist as well, like most, it's pretty rare these days for a box office success to exist without a huge marketing push. Yeah. there's Marketing is massive. It's an entirely separate budget now. And anything that reaches, you know, big numbers, it's it's dependent on this marketing push. And Fast Five... I was prepared to get back. I think I saw the I saw the first one when I was seventeen or something. I must have been probably too young to go drinking because it was a Friday night, and I went to see it with Pete, and just yeah, just didn't like it even then as a teenager. I was like, it's it's know. a fascinating. Sorry, you you finish your point. But sorry, no. The the point being that like I I kind of saw that one and it was it was pretty much all I could do on a Friday night and it was very much marketed as it's cars mm. and it's girls and it's it's supposed to be aimed right at me and I went and I saw it and I didn't like it and I think I by the time the second one came out I maybe saw it on TV and I was like Jesus Christ this is bad and then the third one was bad and then there was this big push with the fifth one where it's like. Hey everybody, these these are like crazy, dumb, fun. It's almost like they they kind of sold it very much the way like John Wick or Fury Road gets sold, in that like it's it's about the spectacle of the stunt work and stuff. And the fifth one wasn't even that because it was so CGI heavy. And again, there, there was a huge marketing push. I got free tickets. There was kind of food and drink beforehand. I went to see it and I was like, but. Uh, this isn't great. And since then... Oh. How was the food? Not good. But since then, there's just been this narrative that they are big, hmm. dumb, fun movies. And it's like, they're not that fun. They're very... They're not even... They're not entertainingly silly. They're 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 bad. And I, I just don't understand. Like, like, you know, they make a Hobbs and Shaw then and that, that gets a pass and things related to that universe gets a pass, but everything else is just judged much more harshly. And I, I just don't get it. It's but like, I, it's baffling to me. It's not a case that I don't get it. I want to study it because I, I, I'd be, I'd be fine if they genuinely were just kind of silly, dumb, fun movies, but they're not even that. 
But we're talking about a hundred years of cinema. We're talking about uh, the ensemble film from like the Magnificent Seven, the Dirty Dozen, um, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, where we get a cast of people that everybody knows into it. And we saw... But, but, but do people even really and, know? Like it, it's, only, it's only recently that they've gotten somebody like Helen Mirren or yeah. Charlize Theron. It's only in the but, last two or three installments they've even gotten. Yeah. Before that, it's been very, very low level kind of. But we're now talking about a 20 year journey that people have been on with this fucking thing. So there are people who have watched these movies when they were fucking I, 10. I don't see it that because you, you can say you can say the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a journey and it very much is. Yeah, there's a consistent thing. You you can't just because these films have been around for twenty years. They, it to 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 say there's a story or a narrative that's been maintained doesn't hold up. I'm not because, I'm not I'm not saying that at all. Oh, I, I know I know. But I, what, just, what the, the narrative is, is the franchising. What what I mean is I see people say that what you're mm. saying, and I, yeah. it, I it's just not true. Like like I see the, there's writers I follow on Twitter, and it to me it's. It's just that same thing that happened with snakes on a plane where everybody yeah. was like, oh, this is brilliant, except nobody went to see snakes in the plane. But it's pretty much that thing that everybody's just bought into this narrative where it's 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 been a very successful marketing I, I think narrative that people at, have bought, basically. Yeah, that's it. That's it exactly. They're and like, I don't know why well, they have bought it. I, it's, it's the McDonald's-ification of the action movie, right? Like, they, we would have seen you know, an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie every fucking year for, or every two years through the 80s and some of the 90s. And what they've managed to do here is like, rather than trying to build 10 different films, they've just gone, what do we need? We need a bad guy. We need a a heist to do. We need a car chase. We need whatever. And let's just keep making it with the same fucking cast of people. The, The tone they managed to set, like, if the Expendables was this audience friendly, we'd be on Expendables fifteen. But the Expendables was leaning into the eighties hyperviolence thing as well. But but even so, like why why have audiences bought the marketing narrative? Like how how is how has that worked? See, because I, do, I I yeah I know I know I don't necessarily think that like I don't necessarily think that the broader audience gives it as much thought as us in any different oh, no, any way. No, they just but, go, I'm going to see an action movie. But what, what I'm saying is even even critics have yeah. essentially bought this this narrative where th- there's critics who, you know, my taste aligns with theirs so closely on so mm-hmm. many things that like these movies. Yeah. And I don't and it really it, it really does feel like they've they've essentially just bought this like I mean that that there's a there's a lot of talk about just even sales, just the broad term of sales. And like mm-hmm. people don't necessarily buy the facts of a thing. They buy the story around it. And I've seen that in so many different versions of like working in bars and stuff. I've had reps come in to try to get us to push a product. And it's never, it's never about the product. It's about this story they've made up around the thing. And it's mm-hmm. not about what it tastes like or what we, what it is, what it goes well with. It's it, you, you sell something with a narrative and a story or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's what I'm saying is that's what they've done with this is that they've pushed this idea that they're fun, exciting, and yeah, and they're they're just not. And 
but I Crit- think critics, an as well critics have like, left them I've, off the hook. Like I've given out about the Star Wars franchise, say for example, where I feel that you know Kathleen Kennedy gets a lot of shit from like online nerds about you know oh she's ruining the she's ruining the whatever and. I think that that's misplaced. What did, what did Kathleen Kennedy? Um, she's one of the like original producers of Star Wars and Indiana Jones and stuff. Being with the seventies, and she's she the was head the, of Lucas head film. of Lucasfilm. Um, I'm not sure if she's still. Um, and why do people blame her? Because misogyny. She, mis, well, ultimately misogyny. But I think if George Lucas was there, he'd be the person we were blaming. Um, it's just whoever's in in charge gets fucking blamed. I think an argument I've made for the problem with the Star Wars franchise has been that the people making these films are making the films that they want to make, which is what they've been doing from the 70s. Like even George Lucas sitting down to watch or write the, you know, the Phantom Menace or whatever. He's not a fan that saw these movies and then read the comic books and played the video games and wrote extended fan fiction and kept track of X, Y, and Z and whatever. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to see Mara Jade. Like, he's not looking forward to seeing her on screen. He just wants to write the movie he wants to write this week. Whereas, to bring this back to Fast and Furious, so much, I think that they, between like Fast 4 and Fast 5, started listening to how their fans were enjoying the films and started catering to that. Which is like bringing back fan favorites. Like they definitely heard people say people want Han. So much has been made of like oh, the next one they're going to go to space. Like that's been a running joke for fucking four years. And yeah, no, I, it's I, never I get doing that. It. I get that, but I'm just saying I don't understand kind of how, like you said, broader audiences aren't aren't thinking mm-hmm. about it as much as we are. No, sure, they're just seeing an action movie on a yeah, Friday. But I I don't get how there's been this. To, to me, it feels like this mass hypnosis where. They, they've just sold it as these films are what they are and you kind of leave your brain at the door and you go in and you yeah. enjoy them. And I'd be all for that if they were actually entertaining. But what I'm saying is like, okay, broader audiences kind of go see it for whatever reasons, like you compare it to the kind of ensemble casts and things like that, sure. But I just don't get how people thinking about it to the extent we are. Like how... How have they fallen for this this kind of narrative yeah, that's been pushed? It, 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 it's it, interesting because it like, I could I could go and see an action movie with Vin Diesel, with a car chase, with a ludicrous jump off a bridge and a land on a boat, with a whatever the hell else, and it's like that's an action movie. And I'll just go, you know, it's fine. It's an action movie, whatever. But when it's when it's Dominic Toretto in Fast Eight, I'm like, oh for fuck's sake, what is he doing now? You know, I I'm fatigued by what this character has done in his life. I understand why it worked for, let's say, Aquaman, you know, like when I started watching that film in the cinema, I I was kind of rolling my eyes in the first 20 minutes. But then there was a point in it I was going, I can see this being a big hit because like the kind of kids around me and stuff were just loving it. And mm. it was this, this is manic, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Yep. And for the most part, it then pulls it off you know and and it maybe is maybe that's it like the, the, the kids of it is like what we have now is a perennial rite of passage for a 14 year old but no but, a... but i'm i'm not talking about the the box office success I'm, I'm kind of saying then that there was there was a huge marketing push anyway for aquaman also hmm. but what i'm saying is i can understand like that was justin lane i can understand the same being said of aquaman because 
you know, it, it kind of felt true. Mm. But I don't understand it that it's just been accepted so broadly for the Fast and the Furious franchise. It just kind of baffles me. But because the, the, the thing is, is like on the premise alone, I'd be up for watching Hobbs and Shaw, right? But I saw a bit of it and I was like, no, this is, it's, it's not good. Like I'm up for a team up between two action heroes going up against uh, a comic book villain, Idris Elba. Like I'll absolutely watch that, you know, based on the premise. I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds like dumb fun. But from what I saw of it, I was like, this is, it's not good. Like if, if, if it was what it was supposed to be, what it's selling itself on is Statham and The Rock not taking themselves very seriously going up against Idris Elba, who I think is great and he's playing mm. a villain. And yeah, I, I, I want to watch that movie, basically. And then yeah. from what I saw of it, it's just like, no, this, now, what, this what, is What it. you saw was trailer? No, I've, I've tried watching you, it in installments before. Yeah. Okay. And it's just, it's not that. <laughs> like, I, I, I would happily watch a film with two two action heroes you know from the kind of 80s mold go up against mm. uh there, there was a line in the trailer that kind of stood out to me and i was like that sounds fun i think they referred to him as like a black superman it's like yeah yeah it's like that's that's at fun. a certain point at the end in the middle of a fight there's a there's like a fucking suplex or something and you just hear the rock go here comes the kryptonite i laughed like, like, so hard i, I enjoyed this the, movie the, 10 the, out of 10 guys watch it the the short version is I want to watch a film like mm. this. I want to watch a dumb, silly action movie with Statham, The Rock, and Idris Elba as the bad guy. And But it it's there then. So it's, it's not it, it doesn't work. What are you missing? When you so like say say you watch the opening sequence where It's just not entertaining for one. I didn't find okay. it entertaining. It it's just it's not it just doesn't do it for me like it's not that that's fair it's just that like it is it's paint by numbers it's paint by numbers action movie stuff you know so opening sequence set piece uh they're trying to hijack a thing and steal or something or other and then idris elba comes out there's a fight 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 and then an escape and we have to go and get our heroes right it's like all of those ingredients work on paper but you're saying when you see it on screen no not for you yeah th- like there's there is a sort of Ryan Reynolds was in it. The, 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 there's a kind of a convoluted aspect to it where it's just like just, just, just deliver on being a, a fun action movie, but instead it's kind of dumb, but not in a. I don't know. It it it, it doesn't really flip the switch in my head where I can go okay. You know, I'm switching off. Would would you like? Would you have? See, the thing is, I can't, in good faith, like make an argument that this is a good movie that you should watch and you should like. I'm just trying to sort of engage but, in but again, sort of hypotheticals I, here, going like, if it didn't have any Fast and Furious association, no, I, I'm almost I, the same movie. I, I guess, like, what what started me talking in the first place was just like I said, there's this. I feel like there's this mass hypnosis that is going on with this franchise that I don't get. But th- are, are you annoyed at that? Like, are you... 
No, I'm I'm just kind of Are fascinated. Are you reacting by, like, to that when you see a Hobbs and Shaw? And no, going, I'm not going to no, buy no, but, into a Fast and Furious thing. No, because like I said, you know, when I first heard about that, and when I heard I heard that line from the trailer before I'd actually even watched the trailer, mm-hmm. and it made me laugh, and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to get on board with this, you know, and essentially what they're what what they're selling isn't what I'm seeing at the end of the day, and what what kind of started me talking in the first place fucking 10 minutes ago was that I'm fascinated by it's like the emperor's new clothes essentially they're kind of saying it's one thing and I'm going oh cool I'll check that out and then when I see it I'm like that's that's not what what they promised and I I, I don't understand how critics largely have there's so much goodwill towards these this franchise that I don't know where it's come from because and and that brings me back to like Kev's point where he's just like he has this grain of affection for yeah. Vin Diesel and I have that as well off the back of like I I saw Pitch Black in the cinema four fucking times and like it had um oh I can't remember her name she was in Farscape as well like like and and um oh god I, I'm trying to think of the whole cast of that fucking film all of a sudden I'm I'm blanking on it David um Keith David is in it I think um like i loved that paul hauser i loved that movie keith david David, yeah and wasn't it claudia black um i loved that film as well four times so in my head fucking right vin diesel one to watch and he got stuck in fast and furious land and i think like it's something that's helped him i think he did the first couple of fast and furiouses and tried to move on and didn't get the fucking traction he wanted so he came back to the well and the well just keeps fucking bringing up water and he's just stuck there now like that's where he is and that's fine but like it is kind of a like I used to like Michael Bay movies like I, I enjoyed Bad Boys I, I I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to think of other Michael Bay movies but like I was on board with Michael Bay films and then he just got stuck in Transformers land and there is an interesting question to put to a, a creative person going, you got into the film industry to make films and you have now stuck yourself to a point that like, yes, you're making a film, but you can't be creatively satisfied by these things, but they do give you a hundred million dollars every year. So I'd, I'd be very curious to talk to the person that's doing this or maybe Maybe Vin Diesel is just passionate about Fast and the Furious movies and wants this to be his legacy. Maybe again, like, Michael I, Bay is passionate about Transformers movies. I, I, I don't even mind all of that. Like, like it. I remember, I think Bad Boys 2 came out around the same time as Matrix Reloaded, roughly. And I remember people talking about how Bad Boys 2 was just like this great action movie. And again, it was, it's, it's the same thing. It was kind of like, like, leave a brain at the door. It's a great action movie. And it's like, it's not. It's not. It's not at all. It's, it's fucking terrible. And yeah, yeah it, it, you know, it's, I think it's a good point is that they occupy very much the same space as Michael Bay movies. They're, they're less obnoxious. They're less sexist. But it's very much the same thing in terms of a spectacle that isn't really an entertaining spectacle and that, that that's kind of one of the, yeah i mean that's probably a good comparison is is that why do these get a pass and why why have people bought into the 
the the story we were watched about him. I, I, it's baffling. Fury, Fury, Fury Road wasn't a box office success. If if people if people are into the Fast and the Furious stuff, why? I think there's an element of we're fixating on the filmmaking and the art and and you know being sort of relatively engaged audience members and these movies do huge overseas as far as you know like asia and fucking eastern europe and whatever else you know and they're not the the there was even a point where these were like car movies you know Mm -hmm. and they're not even that anymore like they're but they like they definitely hit on something as well where like i can i can see the point in their lifespan where they hit on like top gear was huge worldwide as well and there was a lot of like modding cars to do things and suddenly jason statham is driving a fucking car that's a wedge that flips cars over you know and it's like okay okay like they they brought that like a team shit to it as well they just make money is ultimately what this is you know and the 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 audience that's going to watch them like you brought up bad boys too there and it reminded me i guess of like this idea that like there's such a balancing act with action movies of like you can do ludicrously big things but it's tough to keep the audience caring about it by the time the will smith and martin lawrence were like invading cuba with a fucking seal team six behind them i was like what in the fuck is going on whereas the first bad boys when she witnesses that murder in the living room, it's just a guy with a gun killing a woman. And it's like, this is a dangerous person. And I suddenly care. In the same way that, like, not to even get into the conversation about it at all, um, we watched Extraction last year, and around the same time I watched Close with Numi Rapace. And the opening scene of Close is two attackers and a bodyguard and their charge in a car. And it is very small but the threat is very real and the tension is very real and we care about it and an action movie can fucking expand to the point where like it just becomes noise like one of those last Transformers movies I honestly fell asleep like that and woke up and they were in China and I was like I don't know how they got to China and I don't know how they got in a car and then teleported to Hong Kong it was just like it was just boring like millions and millions of dollars to make the biggest spectacle they could and i was bored so check out hobbs and shaw i I give it a watch so that's hobbs and shaw anyway um definitely set itself up for a sequel uh i mentioned ryan reynolds pops up in it but they talked about him as if he'd been in it previously i haven't watched the last two fast and furious movies or maybe fate of the furious and fast nine is coming out now so i haven't seen fate of the furious it's the guy who directed um, Deadpool 2, though, isn't it? Directed it? The Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, I think so. Uh, David Leach, I think, was the name? Yeah. I don't think that's... Oh, Deadpool 2. 2, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so that's probably all it was. Um, oh, that's why Ryan Reynolds pops up. Yeah, sorry. Because yeah. they, they acted as if they knew each other a lot, and maybe they just... Um you know lied for filmmaking it definitely set itself up with a lot of like here comes a sequel um i don't know i haven't heard much about uh hobbs and shaw 2 i'd watch it don't don't (laughs) just laugh at that as if that says something about me (laughs) 
Um, no, that's the way you said it. Well, well I was just going to say, I watched that Lighthouse Island. That ah, you, you okay. This was a, a recommendation from Baving, who was watching things on Amazon Prime, um, and is a big Jim Henson fan. And it, the the Henson of this is not front and center in the no. in the the marketing end of it, but. Uh, I watched it as well. Lighthouse Island, Amazon Prime, nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine, I think, maybe earlier even. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, what do you make of it? Twenty five minutes, just a short piece from Henson Company. I I I liked it. Like considering that kind of um, how long ago it was made, it was a nice little twist at the end and stuff. Yeah. I don't necessarily think we should go into it too much, uh, because it's a twenty five minute short. But like. But like I love stuff like that. It's just a quirky little town. A girl's walking around with her polar bear, and there's weird characters in it. Like and there's just a zebra in the background. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. It's good fun. It's nice. So a, a man arrives on an island and looks for uh, an old lady's shop to buy a present for his uh, fiance, who he's never met in theory, um, and strikes a deal with her for the silver slippers that she has if he helps her retrieve a pearl from a shape-shifting warlock person on an island. Um, it, it's a 25-minute short. It's live action with a bunch of hens and puppets in it. It's mid-80s. It's got a, like, round-the-twist vibe to it, you know, where it's, like, yes, little, 100%. like, creepy music that's, like, this should be a happy, nice day, but this music's a bit weird. Yeah. It's... I, I don't think I'd watch it again, but I think if I'd watched it as a child, I'd have been fascinated. And I think that's where Henson yeah. Company sort of lives, you know? Um, yes. Yeah, I think that's fair. What did you... Yeah. Um, and... It was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun, yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah. I, I don't... I Like, I've, I've talked a bunch about it there. Have you ever even heard of it, Brian? I don't think so. It's not ringing a bell. You see, it'd be nice if it was kind of like... No, don't get me wrong. It's, it's fine the way it is and stuff. But it just has that real kind of like... Yeah, 80s fantasy, nostalgia, kind of practical effects and all that kind mm. of stuff. And it's nice. And it's kind of just like potentially could have made for a great feature length movie kind of thing like or something. But uh, it is. But I, I like it the way it is. It, it's fine. I, but like, I just it was a cool little like, yeah, as, as you said, Aiden, it's like it kind of did have kind of like around a twist kind of vibes and stuff. But um, yeah, it's just, it could have been a cool episode in an anthology of stuff like this, you know? Well, Why that's not? that's more what I think. If if it, I, I wonder if I I guess it it warrants a little more research because the Henson Company is really fascinating with the stuff that they did. Everybody fixates on the Muppets, but like, um, the stuff that they do for Farscape, like that's a sci-fi show that I absolutely loved and I have loved since secondary school at this point. Like just weirdo alien puppets and creepy leathery things. And mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see if this was like a pilot for lighthouse island where oh, you know some description something yeah. weird happens each week with these weird cast of characters um you can kind of see the ending coming but then they also pivot on it a little bit as well and like um like you see the yeah. ending coming but you don't see or i didn't see actually how it would end uh if that makes yeah, any sense. yeah i didn't see it taking that turn yeah. in terms of yes yeah. so that's that's a good shout kev um to to talk about it yeah because we did watch it um, yesterday was a busy day for me watching things um, Lighthouse Island on Amazon 25 minutes um, if you're feeling Henson Company retro like it's 
I'd be curious to know about the history of it a little bit more. Like, it's pure kid fodder. Like, the acting is wobbly. But, like, it's got that pantomime. He looked really familiar. He did, didn't he? Um, it, Like, I kept I thinking it was, like, a, a little bit Kyle mclaughlin a little bit, like, Robert Patrick Leonard yeah. or Sean, Pat, Sean Robert, like the guy from House. Um, I, know the, I know kind of the first guy, yeah, yeah, Kyle McLaughlin or whatever. Yeah, but it's, like, he had a, he had a, such a look of somebody. Little baby Martin Sheen the, as well, but... I think um, his fiance had a look of somebody as well. Mm. Can't remember. Um, but like, yeah, it's it's fun if if you want to try and fucking struggle through Amazon search. The um, amount of stuff that is actually on Amazon that you will never nuts. find. It, it, Amazon is the. It's potentially. It's not that it's the as I say this. It's the best streaming service with the worst search options. Like, it's not that it is the best streaming service, but, like, there is gold on there, and you just will not find it. You have to be... Somebody has to tell you to go and check something out on Amazon, because I don't know where you're going to fucking find anything. Um, which always brings me back to, if if any of our listeners have not watched Patriot, there's two seasons on Amazon Prime. It is one of the first Prime original shows they made. It's in Bruges meets Burn After Reading. It's great. I love it a lot. You love it, yeah. yeah. You, you, you've often recommended it to me. I've not watched it yet. But oddly enough, I have recommended it to people off the back of your recommendation, oh. purely because you have. Yeah, yeah cancelled after two seasons because nobody found it, but it's there on Amazon, and it's great. Loki. So we are post the spaceship that they were going to fly away on blowing up in front of them. They're still left on Lamentus. The world is coming to an end. They're talking to each other and the act of what um accepting one another or like Owen Wilson's character seems to imply there's a romantic angle between the two of them I don't know if that's the intent but acceptance of one another creates a divergence in the timeline that makes them easily found such a significant divergence Mm -hmm. in the timeline that which I thought was kind of clever that they get found there's a bit of interrogation bit of fighty fighty they meet the timekeepers uh spoilers like crazy here if you haven't watched it yet um yeah uh, super big spoilers uh, the timekeepers prove to be animatronics so we still don't know who's controlling it we say that but like they cast Kang we're fairly certain it's Kang um yeah, Brian was wrong. It's not Richard E. Grant. <laughs> um, but I could have seen how one of those timekeepers could have been Richard E. Grant in that costume as well. Or just even a voice in the same way that, like, um, the guy from Love Hate was Obsidian or what's his name? The, the Maw or. Um, I, I forget the characters' names. Owen Wilson gets pruned. Loki gets pruned. And we have a post credit scene where we realize that that doesn't mean you're dead. He woke up in a world surrounded by two- other Lokis. Was there two post-credit scenes? No. Just one. Okay, I can't remember. So that's that's the summary of the episode. Um, I I enjoyed this episode definitely. Um, I think uh, I think um, Sylvie is much better in this episode. Yep. Um, did you see Did you see that thing online? I think she posted it on one of her social media things. Sophia De Martini, I want to say her name is. Martin, Di Martino. 
the, the Martino, sorry. Um, Martini, drink. That's whiskey. Is there whiskey in a martini? No. No. Yeah, I knew something. Um, speaking of drinking, I guess, it's an odd segue I'd never really wanted to do. But uh, yeah, she was breastfeeding during this. And uh, the, the person who created her costume or outfit for the show made it more uh, had made it nursing friendly to, is the term yeah, the costume was yeah, nursing, nursing friendly, friendly so there were two zips yeah but i think that's brilliant you know but fair play to her like my god you know genie mac and um, that's a that's a tough job alone never mind having to be like you know on set in costume retakes and retakes and in such a kind of ridiculous world where you have to be like i have to be in this headspace and I have to completely just like ex- you know what i mean like it's a it's a tough one so fair play to her that's mad but um but uh yeah i really did i did enjoy this episode more but and i asked you guys to remind me about something and i forget what it was but it was something like somebody says you brought two variants here and now you brought another one or you've already lost two variants and now there's another one missing or something and it's just kind of like it's like who who's the third variant or what's what's that like now i could have completely misheard it i'm 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 kind of for these things but you know what i mean and um, i have no idea it just implied that there was like previous variant or do you, do you know what i'm talking about did any of you pick up on that i do have a notion of what you're talking about but i think i think what it was is that you brought a loki here and they escaped and now you've got two lokis here and you want to talk to one it's like it was bad enough when you had one it's bad enough when i let you talk to one i'm not letting you talk to another i think that's what it was okay. and somebody said you know like uh, these Lokis are giving us so much trouble and then someone gives him a dig of like and you brought a second one into the mix okay it's a it's a little a little harsh on, on poor Owen Wilson I think he should have been allowed to do his job but at least he's not dead well we don't we don't know we don't know we don't know we hope he's not dead well like, sure yeah. he got he got pruned Loki got pruned Loki woke up right. people who get pruned go to a certain timeline Owen Wilson's not dead hmm. he's not dead He's not dead. Everybody, everybody gets pruned. Goes to a certain timeline. Um, C. I want to say C two O or something. Um, it is funny. We're four episodes in and we do not know the names of some of these people. Um, C twenty and B fifteen. Well, look, I watched. Keep up. I watched. Come on. But I watched what? The, but I watched. Uh, I, you know, I watched Game of Thrones. Brian was talking. You were, you were talking about like, um, the three different names in my hair. Like, I, 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 I give up on like understanding people's names i just don't don't remember them now and that's not like that that's only in a tv thing mm. i can't remember people's names where they're from what they do like kind of you watch so many of these things nowadays and it's just like you know oh that's that's sister c20 yeah. c20 she was great or was it b15 you're on about you're on about b15 uh the lady who the leader the leader of the b15 the security team or whatever b15 minute men wasn't it uh, she was Oh yeah, yeah, she's great, uh, mm. uh, and I like kind of her kind of like taking Sylvie to that world that Brian loves, mm. the wet world, stormy shopping center one. Pardon? I call it wet world. <laughs> wet world, yes. She takes her to wet world, and um, well, you know, I, I thought this was a great episode to be honest. I thought it was really well, nice, yeah. really, really good. The the yeah. time loop with Sif was good fun, and um, nice to see yep. her back. She has been missed. I did not watch any of Blind Spot, which was a lot like John Doe with Dominic Purcell. 
Well, I watched. I watched some. I watched some blind. I think I watched a season of it and I completely forgot it existed. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot. She's been doing that for ten years. Is it still going? It's still ongoing. I don't think so. No, I think it did two seasons probably. The blacklist is still going, and it's very similar to the blacklist. The blacklist is still going. Is that the Bill Hader one? Oh, not the Bill Hader. James Spader. James James Spader. Yeah. (laughs) James Spader. James Spader. That that is still going, I believe. Yeah. Very similar shows. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, Because I when I first saw the sort of promo stuff for Blind Spot, we're getting off of Loki. I was remembering a Dominic Purcell show called John Doe, where a guy woke up with no memory of anything about himself but he had yeah that was like his first big show he had the memory of everything else and if he could remember it he could do it so he could like play piano and like was a race car driver and like it was it was he he could do everything it's kind of a i remember that show was macgyvery type of thing back to loki i just think we need more dominic purcell in the world Um, we don't we we, we absolutely do not okay it's just me then blade three was the best one didn't didn't he botch his, his uh, opportunity on uh, the CW stuff? Or did he he was very vocal about his displeasure with his character being done with. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. You can be angry that you got fired. Yeah. Some of his Instagram posts were about how, um, you know, they obviously didn't see the potential in this character. And I'm like, you're the fire guy from The Flash. You're like, yeah, that character was a, a shade above henchman. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, but I do like Dominic Purcell in things um, most of the time. Loki, good to see Sif back. The loop thing was kind of funny. I liked the opening shot with the timekeepers. It was appropriately spooky. Mm. It was. It what do you mean the first time we see them? First time we see the them, chairs. yeah. Uh, it was good kind of I think it sold the the atmosphere of the moment well mm. it was good and then when they're killed at the end and the other two start laughing it was very very creepy it was very cool mm. I couldn't understand like I couldn't understand a word they were saying couldn't understand a word they were saying couldn't understand a word no. I'm I, I'm getting a lot of that with like a lot of what I'm watching and I'm like is this why older people don't enjoy the movies of the young because they just stop being able to hear what's being said because I feel like I can't hear what's being said it's more of a sound mixing thing though so I watch everything with subtitles anyway so I blame the sound mixing great it is a sound um, mixing it, it genuinely is they're mixed for they're mixed for surround sound 5.1 yeah. yeah the fights in this series I noticed I watching the fourth watch one watch for the fights I yeah uh, I I I got to a bit, a bit stiff. Yeah, I, I had my it was my first realization watching this fourth episode. Going, fucking hell, these are crap. They are just bad fights. They're like they're. There's I I don't I don't even know how to describe it. There's no sense of impact. There's no sense of intricacy. There's just three people run at somebody. Their arms flail around, and then somebody's on the ground. It is pointless there's no yeah i don't know if it's the way they're shot because you you know that stuntmen choreograph a lot of these fights and they gen- tend to be good at what they do fight scenes time. are purely a matter of time and rehearsal yeah so yeah it's just time and rehearsal and then if if the 
if you've got enough time and you can get your your actors to do it if you've got enough time to teach them the parts you can do that otherwise you just block it in such a way that you never need to see the actors but even then if you still don't have a good fight scene you, you can you can always block it in such a way where you never didn't need to see the actors faces and if the fight scene is still bad it just means that it wasn't a, a priority essentially yeah it's, yeah. it's like b15 came out of wherever and took took on two guards and got her ass kicked and then there was c20's fight and loki was fighting with a sword and it's like this is all crap yeah it was frustratingly shitty <laughs> um but it got to the point fairly quick after that i suppose and i really think it could have benefited from slightly speeding it up if they didn't speed it up already it was very cut the fights slow. i would just not have them yeah Especially especially because it introduces that thing I mentioned last week where there's this inconsistency then with the the character's abilities, you know? Yeah. It's... Loki lifted oh, yeah, lifted true, and man. flung a skyscraper the last episode and he's having trouble dealing with a guy in some body armor. That being said, they have no magic there. Do they? no, but, but even so, on the train, he gets thrown out of a train by two people, yeah. you know, when yeah. he's got this... Yeah, it just makes no sense. Um, just don't, what, Just don't what, do them. What do you make of all of the, like, again, um, Brian and I are coping with uh, pandemia by the pandemare, as he called it, which was a fun word, um, through living in TikTok. Um, I saw somebody suggesting that there's a color scheme with every episode that coincide, coincides with an infinity stone. I don't think it's deliberate, but it was a, it did hold up. Nice theory. But I, yeah, it does hold up, but I don't think it's intention so the, so the, the yellow of the soul stone in episode one is a very present color in episode one and you see him come to terms with a lot of who he is and then he has a lot of power in the episode that's all purple the pur- power stone you think it does you think it kind of holds up but it wasn't intentional it, it yeah it, it holds up and it's a nice theory but I, I don't think it's intentional at all no or if it's not nece- even if it is necessarily intentional is it significant it's not significant no yeah it's not what it, it's not what the show's about I've seen um, I've seen people really question a lot, like what was it that Sylvie did that required that she be pruned, and like people are theorizing, and it's like I thought it was pretty she, obvious. She just said it. Didn't she she asks uh, Ravana, Ravenna, whatever, and she says she doesn't remember. But like, so people are theorizing about what what it is. But to me, the show is about the fact that Loki doesn't have to be this role that he's designated for and to me my interpretation of the scene i I, to me it was it was kind of plain as day and i could be wrong because everybody i've seen on tiktok you know has asked the questions like yeah what was the what was the the thing that she did what was what did she do that required her to be kind of pruned pruned or whatever to me it was she's playing with the toys and she's playing the part of a hero and she's making that decision as as the child that she wants to be a hero effectively and then when she gets dragged away she sees another person being restrained another variant and he's in like a kind of a chokehold and she screams help him and she gets dragged away and to me it's like she's she's rejecting the yeah she's she's essentially good she's rejecting the the kind of villainous and that's the thing like loki isn't even a villain he's he's like he said himself he's he wants power or he projects power because he's coming from a plague of weakness and he's, he's getting scared or whatever, but Sylvie would have rejected all those things. She, she wants to help and she wants to be a hero effectively. 
and the fact that she showed then B15 her memories and she's she's very much about setting the people there free and to me it was like that's that's what it was it's it's and then and and then Owen Wilson says to him you know that's the anomaly yeah I get you I can't remember how exactly he puts it but he says you know you can be whatever you want to be um even a good guy and that's essentially what the show is about is about it's about rejecting kind of the roles forced upon people and and being being true to yourself and then that's why that's why it's such a big deal because them falling in love with each other is also effectively him or loki not him or her but loki loving themselves and not in a romantic way but in a, in a way where they're actually accepting no self-loathing except yeah okay. and it, they're, they're healing their own childhood trauma effectively and it's it's when they accept themselves and love themselves and that's why it's such a that's what the show's about that that was that was my interpretation of the moment where she gets taken is she's playing the part of the hero with with the action figures basically and they show up right there and then and i've seen so many people like she asks ravana like what what is it that i did and ravana says i don't remember what it was she smiles and she says i don't remember and i've seen so many people theorizing what was it she did what was she doing it's like isn't it obvious maybe i'm wrong but to me it was like it's it's the fact that they're they're rejecting the the role that the timeline has wants them to play and you know when i saw it i thought my head went to a very like i was like they're so petty that she's playing with the toys wrong you know she's playing with the toys as a hero and Mm -hmm. i i had that thought but i looked at it from a much more small and petty thing but your interpretation that it is representative of who she wants to be is that's it's lovely it's a lovely interpretation i think I that's what I, that that's the way it plays i think out. that's what they're writing about i think that's what the show's about that's, uh, that's why i uh, like it but she does say at one point i i, I a female trickster was wasn't yeah. acceptable once it went to a certain point yeah, like but, she, but she does bring the gender into it. She brings the gender into it, but there's still a question on what was it then that I did. It, it wasn't just the female part. It was she asks a question like, "What was it that I did?" Um, yeah, and to me, it's it's the fact then like yeah, that it's that acceptance. Uh, it's it's them wanting to be something else, and then that moment on Lamentis when they're. I mean, they say over and over, like Sif says it to him over and over and over again. You were awful yeah. little man full of self-pity he'll always be alone and yeah. that's his fear I guess you know so we're still we're not quite there yet but we have three Marvel shows this year we have Loki we have Falcon the Winter Soldier and we have WandaVision Loki is the best thing so far yeah I would say so I'm I would think so um... how, how, like which like Early straw poll, which, what order would you put these three shows in? in Loki, preference? Wanda, Falcon. I think Maybe, I'm the same, yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure I put Loki up there just yet because the last episode left a pretty bitter taste in my mouth. Episode three? Um, yeah, in, in um, the, the uh, what do you call it, the party with the purple. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed episode one. Episode two was okay. Episode three, not so much. And episode four was really good. I think it's kind of it's hard to like. It's like 
I like a lot of what's going on in Loki, and I probably do think it's like a bigger hitter than the other shows to a degree, in some sense. But I really enjoyed WandaVision a lot, and I really enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I really, I loved how Falcon and Winter Soldier finished up with Sam being the new cap and stuff, you know. Um, and I think there was more stuff on the table to discuss almost to a degree with um, with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Loki is like pl- playing the, the, the long game, like it's slow and it's like, it's. but I think it's going to hit hard when it does hit. I don't think it's that slow, um, to be honest. But I... But I think it's too soon. But it's too soon for me to say in what particular. I think order I think Wandavision was much but, uh, slower, and I think I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier did a lot that kind of wasn't of consequence in places. You maybe, know? maybe it's just a, more of a case. I think I like Wanda better than Falcon and Winter Soldier. Although I did like. Falcon I think Wanda's setting up a lot for the universe. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is talking a lot about social issues that are relevant in America. But Loki is really developing and moving this character forward and making us care about it. It's it's moving the character forward, but I also think it is saying something important about the real world in that, you know, I I, I think there's... Well, you you don't have to necessarily meet people's expectations, you know, Um, just because, say, like, Sylvie is is a female Loki and wants to do good. Uh, it doesn't mean that like, it's, it's rejecting uh, a, a, an authoritarian to. entity you know that yeah. that's kind of wants people to be a particular way you know that you can you can you know see that as a the church or government or, or a lot of things but uh no i i think episode three would have benefited from i kind of expected that wilson would have been killed off when he didn't show up in episode three because to me, the only reason to not cut back to him at some point would be because you didn't have him available for shooting effectively. I think that's why episode three suffered is that it took, it was, like I said, it was a pretty short episode overall. I think it's only about 30 minutes and some important things happen in it, but it takes a long time to get there. It would have benefited a lot from cutting back to Mobius and having him doing something while they're on yeah. Lamentis. It would have been... It's funny that the episode didn't feel urgent, even though the planet is literally ending. There wasn't a yeah. sense of urgency at all, and it would have mm-hmm. it would have felt more urgent if they cut back to him doing something, looking for them, or some other hint coming up, making him suspicious. Something happening in the TVA to kind of yeah. a little thread of mystery for him to hook onto and for the audience to kind of go, "Oh, what is happening there?" And then to kind of cut back and forth, I think it would have benefited from that. And I think the fact that I, well, I think we could have we could have done the stuff with C twenty, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you could have shown us all that. Yeah, we could have had a lot more of that in that episode. So in the post credit scene, we saw Kid Loki, we saw Alligator Loki, we saw Boastful Loki. I think is what it said in the credits, and then we saw Richard E. Grant as a very sort of classic comics accurate Loki. Alligator Loki. Alligator Loki. Did you not see Alligator Loki? There was a crocodile one. Yeah. It's an alligator. Missed it. I only saw three of them. Nope, there's four. Kid Loki's got a an alligator. In he's his holding. Hands. He's holding the alligator, and it's got horns on its. Yeah, head. It's a small alligator. It's not a. Oh. Looks like a baby one, maybe. What do we think this world is? I think it's some kind of junkyard where they send pruned. Things, oh yeah, maybe. I see the, the, yeah. That's Something close to Sakar. Yeah. It. It like. Is it a. Yeah, there's a question, is it a timeline or is it a pocket dimension like the TVA? 
that's the thing. They much has been made of the fact that there's an Avengers tower in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I say much has been made. Lots of people have said it. Not much has been made of it. We don't know what it means. Something has been notioned of an Avengers tower in the background. Mm. It's been it's been acknowledged. I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect here. You know, other than you know a, a, what a, a build growing rebellion against the TVA. I mean, if you've got an organization that is pruning variants, I think there's it's a, a it's a chan- dangerous. As as much as I think there's a Kang tease. At the end of the day, as well, the show is named Loki, and I think. Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of saying, well, who is the big bad? And we think the only person left is is Kang, but it could also be a Loki, effectively. Um, especially given that, you know, the timekeepers weren't real and Loki himself said this is, this is a from circus. From the very beginning. From the very beginning. So, you know, it, it, a better, yeah. it Trickster recognizes uh, his own work, essentially. Is that what it is? That's, or? that's interesting because then... The reason he wouldn't want a Loki to choose the path of heroism is because the path of villainy that he chose led to control of the entire timeline. Yeah, so like in the first episode, he says, like, is this the greatest power in the universe? And it'd be kind of interesting if it turns out that, you know, he's just come from a situation where he lost to the Avengers Mm. to then find out that there's a potentially a, a space outside of all time where Loki's actually in charge. Um, and though those things, not, not just Loki's, but any, any variance at all threatens his dominance there. But then that, mm. that, it seems like that story fits Kang better. So I'm not sure what they'll end up doing. I think that's, I think there's definitely going to be a villain Loki in this, but will they be, will they be the person R- behind Richard the timekeepers? Richard is a big cast to not use in some version of that like whether like that's an but old we see an older Loki there it doesn't mean their it's line, not Loki but yeah their line of dialogue was kind of they said you know is this, is this hell am I dead and Richard E. Grant says not yet but you will be if you don't come with us implying that they're maybe a bit more heroic but well no but I'm, I'm saying you could have another the, Richard E. Grant you can have another Richard yeah, E. Grant yeah. that's in the in the yeah. all powerful role yeah um we have seen we still haven't, the, we still haven't seen the president yeah the Loki, president so. Loki and is that yeah. is that Loki in the trailer as well they all turn on him so everybody yeah. in that scene oh, could yeah. also be all those people could also be Loki's. a Loki also as well so yeah yeah like like I said if you think about the the um, the numbers at work here if you're a small organization like the TVA even if they're not a small organization and you're pruning variants at a certain point you're outnumbered by the people you've pruned if you're not actually killing them you mm-hmm. know if they if they get if they get a charismatic loki leader to bring but, them back but into then the TVA, also they, that place asunder. they take variants as workers so they can always just yeah. keep making variants for, for whoever they prune they can always just have two variants or three variants of that's true maybe they remember them it it has to be it has to be Kang really doesn't it? Like obviously somebody I who think, put together three robots. I think if we do uh, see, and, 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 I think if we do see Kang, it'll be like the Thanos reveal at the end of the Avengers. It's not going to be a yeah. it's not going to be a huge thing. It'll just it'll it'll be like Thanos's reveal at the end of the Avengers. Well, the, don't the, expect more the, than that. I would say 
but that that's how this show could get frustrating though then is if it ends on a sort of like but who really was running the place and then we there just is also see a, a shadowy figure and it's like oh this is no, getting a season they've two they've confirmed yes. that yes okay yeah so now suddenly i feel like there's going to be no resolution to this no i, I think there will I, I think they know that's a mistake to i think they'll set up another season maybe you know it it, it kind of made a point uh last week about being surprised that if this is the MCU's version of the Enchantress, I was surprised that they didn't cast kind of a bigger name effectively. Mm. So a second season could be about the Enchantress effectively. I'd watch that, you know. But I was just going to say, like the three animatronic kind of timekeepers, uh, like who would do that? It's like, it's like, it's kind of a funny thing to do. The minute that they all these people into thinking that there's, Three robot or these three beings that control time, and blah blah. And that could, as you guys are kind of saying, that could very well be a Loki. But that Loki could be manipulated by Kang. And although they defeat that Loki, and that Loki kind of by the end of season one is out of the picture, there could be something that alludes to Kang actually kind of pulling that Loki strings. You know, because because mm-hmm. like Kang, whoever whoever it is, isn't interested in the Infinity Stones. That's one of the things that like I. I think one of the potential storylines when you take that ca- that character is like it's Kang the Conqueror, right? Mm. And if you have a character whose goal is to you know be the conqueror throughout all of time, and if they have access to time travel, then effectively they're already they've already conquered time. If you get me. Mm. Mm-hmm. If they're operating without any kind of opposition, then there would be nothing to stop them. So effectively, it would make sense. I, it, it kind of, I think it makes more sense for it to be Kang, and that's why they set up the TVA because they've already created a reality where they are emperor of all of it, and then any any yeah. variance or deviation from that creates a possibility where they're not in charge and that's why they would set up the TVA it's not about preserving a sacred timeline it's about preserving their yeah. reality where their you know yeah their power but very interesting to, to, to me Kang isn't trying to conquer time if the character exists then they've already conquered time the story is about how do you displace them because if a person like that exists with those powers and abilities then they would effectively already be in control so the story the story this it's, it's not it's not like a thanos type thing where he's trying to you know enact his will and it's not about how he does that it's, it's not like an infinity war where we see him try to do that kang would already have done it mm. effectively because yeah he's trying to he's trying to just preserve yeah. his own his own timeline uh, and just create this whole smoke and mirrors illusion where yeah so I think it's safe to say we're enjoying Loki after the sort of I thought it was a great was episode last week's episode. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, I like I like this episode. E- even last week I think if we go back I I think I sort of said, you know, it's it's too short, it's weird. I think it's a moment in an overall whole that we're going to like enjoy in subsequent viewings. Yeah. But just it's frustrating on a week to week basis to be left with 30 minutes of Yeah. as guardian blue balls. Especially when some of the most interesting imagery came from that episode. Yeah. But for the episode then itself to not really 
have a lot go on in it. So it was kind of doubly disappointing in that end that it was shorter and it didn't. Yeah, those images there, didn't really. Yeah, there was one shot there where like you just saw the back of Sylvie's head and with the light, everybody thought it was Natasha. Yeah. So I think we've covered Loki. We're coming up to Jesus, two and a half hours on this podcast. Um, I know I have a lot of editing ahead of me this afternoon, so I want to start to wrap this up. <laughs> Trailer wise, there wasn't much this week. There was the Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel uh, Sopranos movie. I don't know if anybody, if you guys are Sopranos fans. Oh, I didn't realize I didn't realize it was a movie. Sequel, so it's a movie, sequel. yeah. Um, oh, okay. And okay. the guy playing yeah, baby James Gandolfini is James Gandolfini's son. Ah. Um, which is a nice bit of symmetry. I can't talk too much about it because I've never watched The Sopranos. I have, I, love Sopranos, I have yeah, a, yeah. A, a firm memory in my head of seeing like the second episode starting in RT and standing in the kitchen going, "Missed the first one. I'll have to catch up and watch that later." And that was long, long mm-hmm. ago. Um, but it looks good. It uh, hopefully it's. Um, Hopefully it's a hit for them. I guess I'll check it out. Maybe that's the way for me to get into The Sopranos, or should I watch it first? And Nah, I watch the prequel and then watch the TV show. I mean, let's be chronological. There yeah. was a trailer for a thing called Beckett with John David Washington in it. I didn't know what this trailer was going to be, but then I watched it and it had a sort of like, I guess a film noir kind of vibe to it. You know, man lost on his own. and A little, little bit of like... Um, north by northwest vibe guy gets tied up in something and is just on the run from can't trust the police can't trust uh, anybody and he's sort of lost in europe so i enjoy him as an actor has uh mm-hmm. either of you seen either of those trailers no i, s- I, saw, I saw the sopranos one yeah cool i think sopranos is overrated but maybe we'll talk about that next time okay uh, there's. I, I liked it. I liked it for a while. I, I don't dislike it. I get it. Uh, it was the first. You know, what? people talk about it saying like it was the first thing in a while. Oz. It, yeah, it wasn't the first thing like it in a while. You know, HBO been making shows like that before that. Um, oh, I just think I I would say it was one of those things that like you know maybe my like my opinion's wrong and stuff, but I would have just I've always I think just said that as like one of those things that kind of garnered so much attention and popularity it showed people that the cinema screen wasn't the only place where you could do epic stuff yeah even though i know the tv shows have done it but i think that was just one of the moments where it, was just it like, showed people that really it, it's one of the it's one of the stepping stones that showed people that television can have value yeah. but i mean there's there's it, mini series has gone like roots yeah there's they, stuff historically that are big tv events yeah there, there was plenty of stuff before that was you know big yeah, and yeah. everything but i think this was the first time I think this is the first time when not just audiences, but like, you know, networks kind of realized they had to raise the bar, essentially. So it kind of it kind of raised the standard for a lot of stuff. It's not that it was the first time that TV was of a high standard, but its success was so massive that. Yeah. Yeah. From that point on, everything else that came was like, okay, there's 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 an audience and there's room and a need to to create better shows. Mm hmm. Last two things I looked at were um, there's a trailer for a Mortal Kombat film um, from Warner Animation, Mortal Kombat Legends. Uh, it looks a bit stiff, um, but it's a Mortal Kombat movie. We've talked about the live action thing recently. Interesting to see this franchise getting 
a little bit of a push, two films in one year. And then HBO comedy special from Tignataro called Tignataro Drawn, which is an entirely animated stand-up special. That's pretty cool. Which is interesting. I guess it's the sort of um, Ricky Gervais podcast concept, which is just like animate the stories mm. you're seeing. Um, be curious to see how that's received or how it works out. Um, I've definitely talked with people about doing that sort of thing in the past, but it always just seems like so much fucking work for not a huge amount of return. So it's curious to see how this works out. Anybody, any other? Clifford the Dog, live action movie. He looks, he looks very like scary. I, I the giant evil red dog. I guess kids would find that a fun concept. I was definitely watching this going. That is a terrifying concept. That's only a puppy. That dog's gonna get bigger. It's it's gonna poop. I mean, it's gonna want to eat. It's gonna want to eat the poop. I mean, it's gonna want to procreate and establish its dominance. How do you neuter a ten foot Labrador? You don't. Like I can imagine people wanting to make more of it. You know. Anyway, it's good to see that Jack Whitehall's doing well in the film business. No, it's not. Is he in it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was going to be doing something with The Rock. I think he is, isn't he? We saw them working out together on Instagrams. Mm. The Rock is Clifford, isn't it? Jungle Cruise. Rock plays the big dog, is it? Rock is Clifford, yeah. Okay. I understand. That makes perfect sense. Okay, well, then, then, it's, then it's probably. That's not good. true, just for the record. <laughs> I know, yes. <laughs> Jack White also playing Jason Statham's brother in the next Hobbits and Shaw. Luke Evans already did that. Oh, did he? Yeah. Isn't that his character? Is Luke, is Luke Evans in uh, Hobbs and Shaw? He, no, he's in Fate of the Furious. He's in the one where they introduce oh, Statham, isn't he? Isn't that who he plays? Oh, is that the, is that the one where they do the... I've only watched, like... I, I don't know. I've hey, we should watch like, all the Fast and the Furious movies, movies and talk about them. Yeah, let's do that. Is this, like... Is this one of the ones... Is that the one where they jump from the building in Dubai? No, is that's the last that one? one with Paul Walker. Oddly enough, didn't do much walking. A lot of driving. Hey, the last thing on my list is The Black Widow is out next week. So, in theory, we can have The Black Widow watched before we record next. It's streaming. It's in cinemas. Um, should we watch The Black Widow before we record next? Uh, what day is it out? Is it out Friday? It's in cinemas Wednesday. I'll try to go see it. It's streaming on Disney Plus I think Friday, Saturday but I think you have to pay an additional 20 20 something weeks. yeah I would just go to um, the cinema I think it's um, oh god I but like maybe if we record on Sunday it gives us Saturday to just get an angle on it and yeah let's record on Sunday because I have to do something on Saturday so so what we're going to try and do then is we're going to try and get the Black Widow watched so that we can come and talk about that after it yeah, I might, I might try, I might try to get up early on Friday and go to cinema. And see. Yeah, it's showing in IMAX, ten in the morning, ten past ten. Um, I will not be able to do that, but that's the plan, boys. Kill. That's the podcast. Kill, kill, kill. Um, quick uh, closing question: You watched the cottage, Brian? Did he kill her? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>